van with all of his possessions that are in a storage facility there. <laughs> That's Tuesday. Meeting at midday. Oh, my. No. <laughs> yeah. Like nine o'clock in the morning. Lots of physical lanes. He's got to get here from Devon, first of all. Well, he can set off at three or four. <laughs> less traffic. It'll be cool, yeah. Um, in the morning, maybe. He, he can't pick the high vehicle up until half past eight. Uh, it, but yes, anyway. So half past eight from Devon to get to Battle from Devon, midday. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll... Take a book. <laughs> yes, he's going to be... Um, at least oh, I'm... You know, I, I live in the midst of, of Kent, so it's only a half hour trip for me. Hello, Ch Charlie's yeah. giving his toy. Here's Charlie's toy. There it is. <laughs> it's, it's not a hippopotamus. It had ears at some point. They were the first to go and, and possibly a tail. <laughs> there you go, Charlie. Take it back now. Good boy. I seem to be. I was never a dog person. Uh, mother had a dog. Uh, left to her by my my granddad, her her father. Um, he came to live with us when I was twelve, I think, and because my nana died, and and mum said, "Well, come and live here then." So that happened, and he came home one day uh, with a puppy, and mum said, "What's that for?" You know, because <laughs> we had a cat, had two cats, and uh, anyway, we had this dog, which was a uh, the, the run to the litter, and perfectly lovely dog, and. Uh, my granddad died the year after, and the dog lasted 12 more. <laughs> so we were, you know, a lovely thing. So that was That's my last dog experience. Yeah. Yes. And but we've got Charlie, and he's a, a, a cockapoo. And, uh, Fantastic. He's rather fun. I like him. <laughs> Better than the guinea pig, anyway. Yeah, yeah, guinea pigs don't walk very fast. That's the, that's the problem. You take them out on the lead. And oh, you... yeah, one, one of ours <laughs> absolutely would, and would be quite happy going out for a walk. Because we, we've got the three, and it, it's it's a dad and his two sons, and you know they're, they're prey animals, so generally they're yeah, quite skittish. Yeah. They they yes. you know they're, they're they're very cautious, and one of them's like really really long haired, and he's just he's basically a guinea pig hippie. And he's just <laughs> he's so docile, you know. He'll just kind of wander over to you quite happily, just get a fuss, you know. He's scratching his head, rubbing his belly. He's just so chilled yeah up, up for anything yeah yeah whereas the other two are really really cautious and you know kind of the, the second you move they, they run and hide and they, yes. you know, little things whereas the other yes. guy's just you know he just sort of look up at you it's like oh yeah uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, that, that's it. it's interesting that i mean yeah i mean is it just something that he's developed over time just kind of yeah i know you i trust you i'm going to be out or is it kind of a Possibly an evolutionary misfit that wouldn't survive in the wild because he'd be carried away by an eagle. <laughs> well, probably, yeah. I mean, he, I think being such a long haired guinea pig, he's probably used to a little bit more kind of attention to grooming and things. Yes, yes. So I don't know whether the because we got them when they were six months old, I think. So I think he probably had a fair bit of you know, kind of handling from day one. Um, he's just just kind of used to people. Yeah, this yeah. this one fidget he likes being picked up and talked to, etc., and having his tummy tickled, and all the things you do with a useless furry potato. <laughs> <laughs> put him down and make like an eagle, and he gone. 
you're, you're <laughs> shifting the furniture to find the what's it <laughs> whilst, whilst treading on his trail of surprises <laughs> yes we used to use candy yes <laughs> we um we had we did have two uh, there was uh, a domingo um, placido domingo because he was placid <laughs> <laughs> and this ginger one fidget because he uh, is uh, restless and the other one we had a particular visitor that would come to the house and be handed the other one it was a lovely soft haired gray soft head and he just wet himself instantly very entertaining <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter which way around you pass past the at uh, the parcel it's going to entertain you <laughs> well if you're viewing anyway <laughs> not so if you're the recipient me some babies of the past yeah yes yes mm. i won't mention my daughter <laughs> she, she's she said she'd watch so uh, she, there you go, she had a mention first mention <laughs> i won't i won't embarrass her with the coffee table story <laughs> so, <laughs> she's 20 now she's grown up this was a long time ago <laughs> oh that, that just means she'll get you back <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah she will she will <laughs> yeah she, she's not got to be careful there's no inheritance <laughs> she doesn't have to mind anything. If you have to know, she's in the chat yeah, already. I was going to say, and she said, "Don't." I don't know. I, I, I can't see the chat. Where is it? What do I see? It's Emily, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's really <laughs> <laughs> Darling daughter. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. There's a private chat on the right. There's, obviously, I've never used mm. Street. Yeah, it's private chat and comments. Yeah, yeah, see yeah the comments will will pull in from YouTube. Yeah, they can be a bit they can be a bit distracting sometimes. Yes, yeah, one or two guests to get very distracted by them. Yes, it is easy, uh, easy to do, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I, I can be distracted all on my own. I don't need help. Obviously, with the, the Charlie's <laughs> underneath. Yeah. Yes, it's the all shiny thing. <laughs> and I sat down to do something earlier. It was just like sat down, and ten minutes later, it was like. I was going to do something. What are we going to do? Yeah. I, oh. The curse of the maker. We can't focus, can we? No. It's, it's, it's a real problem. It is a real problem. And, and you couple that with, you, you'll find this more and more, Jamie, once you go past 50. <laughs> yes. It just gets progressively worse. I, I'm, I'm doing pretty well at 36 uh, at, uh, managing that so far yeah. if uh, sitting down to or walking into the room and then completely forgetting what i was there for so i'll just yeah. sit down and then oh, you get as far as sitting right? i'll walk through the door and kind of go why have i just walked in here yeah well i mean it's my it's my default position when i walk into this room it's like i must be sitting down to do something because everything yes. is kind of within arm's reach so i figure if i sit down i might kind of remember my plan <laughs> and then I find several more that I can start with. So, yeah, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> bad enough. Nicola is the most organized person I've ever known. And she organizes me effectively. She, I, I'd be in a ditch somewhere without <laughs> that. I'm, I'm sure I would. But, um, in an effort to make sure I can at least try and do the things I'd like to do on the days I'd like to do them. I've got the very simple notes app on my on my iPhone. I've only got one phone, Jimmy DeResta, and 
on that, I am. Um, I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and underneath it, I write what I'd like to do on that day. And that's as much as I can manage to look at that in the morning. And go, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this today. <laughs> and if I achieve the thing, I delete it. Or if I don't achieve all the things, I'll either completely delete them because they didn't matter anyway, or I'll move them to an, an upcoming day. That kind of works. But whilst you have to pick and choose because there's there's always a yeah. million things, isn't there? There's always a million things you want to do. I've got a. I've I've started quite a few months now having a. I've got a, like a printed list of things that I need to achieve, or want to achieve every day. We should take off. Although I, I've lost it. I can't put it for the last three days. <laughs> there's, a, there's a pile of paper on my desk behind me that's kind of just I need to work through and sort things out. But I've been really busy the last few days. And so what I tend to do is kind of sort of tick it off. So it starts with you know the first one is you know making a packed lunch for whoever's going to work or school, and then yeah make sure I tick my tablets in the morning. And then yeah walking the dog and things like that. And yeah making sure. Breakfast, just to go. Some of them are things I know I'm going to do anyway. I'm going to have breakfast, but yeah, it's just nice to be able to tick something off. Yes, so yes. Achievement, but then there's kind of there's the wishful bit towards the bottom of the list, like you know, making sure I do some photography or do some reading or, or or the like. And it's nice to sort of sometimes be able to tick it off and go, oh look, yeah, actually I did do something every yes. day, or I did get through yes. some stuff. And then I've got a little kind of list underneath, which is daily, a weekly stuff. Which specific day? So you know, whether it Monday, it's the recycling or the waste bins. Tuesday is make sure I get the uh, Tesco order done for delivery on Wednesday. So Wednesday's got the delivery, and Thursday taking my youngest to Explorers, and then Friday sometimes is we have a garden bin for garden waste. So it's kind of having those things so I can just kind of sort of like well, got to tick those off, and I can always write other things in there as well. And that's, yeah, apart from the fact I haven't spotted it for the last three days, I, I've, I find that helpful. Generally. It's funny, isn't it? We we need all these routines to function, and yet routine is is the devil when it comes to thought provo provocation and, and creativity. Mm. You don't want it. You, you want random and, and, and unexpected. Well, I think without some routine at least i yeah <laughs> i've taken to um started looking at another you know kind of yet another productivity and task organization app um to just add to the list of all the other ones that i've already filled <laughs> out and completed um but i took to writing a list of all the kind of potential jobs around the house the little little bits and bobs that i keep meaning to do and just not just stuff around the house, but other, you know, personal projects and, you know, all those kind of things in, in just purely in an effort to, to have a list of potential projects for when I sit down and go, what can I do now? I'm, I'm, yeah. I've got a little bit of productive motivation. Let's pick the, the, you know, whichever is the easiest to tick off now or, you know, it's, it's so far all I've done is added to the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it was intended to be. And if that's just the, the base list, once you, you take that that singular, seemingly achievable task, you can break that down. In, and mm -hmm. this, this list tree is suddenly an impenetrable forest of actions. <laughs> and you might pick one you really like. Oh, I 
I'd like to organize all the screws. And once I've organized all the screws, I can do all the other jobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm very guilty of I, that. I've, I've been intending to, uh, for the last sort of four days or so, intending to print a lot of DIN rail brackets to try and organize uh, sort of an area just to the side of me here. Um, and I sat down earlier today with the, the intention of doing that again and got utterly distracted by just trying to sort out the software that I was going to use to do the... Yep. Uh, yeah, I yeah. feel that definitely. Um, <laughs> I get my leg pulled a little bit because where are you? I'm going to go and tidy the shed. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go find all the things you forgot you bought. Yes. Oh. I'm, oh, I'm, I forgot I had one of those. I'll put that somewhere somewhere safe. I've got stuff here. <laughs> I've got stuff at my mum's house, and I've got stuff at my other house where my my ex-wife and the, the children live up in Dartford. There's still junk of eclectic mess <laughs> and I, I i liken it to a, a you, you you're walking around your life with this huge net of possessions that you drag and the yeah. longer you go on the more hobbies you accumulate that's just swelling and on the other shoulder you've got all the emotional and personal things in a different sort of net and the, the, the hobby one is it's probably bigger it's probably well, I mean that, that that does work to distract you from the problems one. Uh, yes. Oh yes. Oh, I've got to write this very important letter because of things happened. Oh, there's a piece of wood over there. I'll I'll just go and identify it. <laughs> I'll write it on that. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, well, they need tidying. Yeah, they need to be sort of brought together. <laughs> yes. I I know. Yeah, I watch TV shows like Channel Four do of, of visiting hoarders' houses and. I think most of us are, are a pile of newspapers away from featuring on, on something like that. It, yeah, every... and because we burn the newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> or you just yeah, paper mache. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've <laughs> put them down, down for paint. Put them down for put painting. <laughs> yeah. Ow, Charlie's standing on my foot. Oh, I like paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> get off, dog. Get off. I think that's very nearly forgotten. Sorry, gentlemen. So I, I think paper mache has become a bit forgotten. Yes. Mm. There are so many new things, resins and, and, and posher materials, uh, carbon fibre and, and that fibre, uh, fibre. Paper mache is a brilliant thing. Mm. Uh, the the uh, samurai warriors used paper to make their um, armour, didn't they? Stacked paper because it's... It's density, like a telephone book. You're not going to get an arrow through that sunshine. It's, it's such yeah, a, it's, a versatile, useful product. Is that, there is that uh, material, isn't it? Uh, Tufnel? Is it Tufnel? Tufnel, yeah. Is that it's paper? Kind of, that's, that, that's a paper and resin, I'm sure. Is it? I, I think. Ah. Yeah. Must be a bit of Googling later. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've used some in the past, and it's incredibly dense, isn't it? Yeah. It smells yes. a bit peculiar when you're cutting it with power tools etc but i guess that's the resin element yeah i guess it's, I think it's probably a polyester resin isn't it yeah yeah i imagine it probably is and the, yeah the, this was in the the 90s i imagine the fumes should have uh. <laughs> but we didn't care then did we this is possibly why because i mean I, I worked in the early 90s i did some work in magnetic media and yeah literally you're bathing in methyl ethyl ketone and tetrahydrofurane and yeah, I, I kind of sometimes wonder whether some of that is kind of it's had no. knock-on effect long term. 
I, I remember using uh, MEC as as a modeling adhesive, and yeah, oh, well, it worked really well. But I used to like it. The, the THF is is nasty stuff. <laughs> there was more than one occasion because I worked in a little. We had a a six inch printing line in the the, the high tech lab. We were the kind of research guys, and we were sort of trying the different combinations of solvents and, and media and and the like and new plastics and whatever. And there were more than one occasion. It wasn't. It, it was quite a long room. It was probably ten or fifteen meters long by probably about five meters, six meters wide. And this this printing line basically filled the entire process. And we, then we had a separate lab for kind of doing the mixing and testing. And there was more than one occasion where it was like, particularly in the the printing line was set up also a clean room, so we had those sort of plastic strips you get like in uh freezers sort of yeah, surrounding yeah. it and so there was not much movement of air and you kind of there were a few times it was like i've got to leave or i'm going to throw up yes yes i'm going now and yeah because the solvents were just so strong in my my first job uh i i made uh, worked in the art studio I, I made dry transfers we made our own custom transfers like uh, Everyone's familiar with Letraset, perhaps, which is still being made. Um, rub down letters. Used to be a factory. Used to be a factory in Ashford. I, I think it's still there. I believe it might not be. Ah, it was a few years ago. Yeah, but I believe it might now no longer be there. Ah, that was around Kings North, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. Because that, that's I go to Kings North occasionally to uh, Wessex Pictures for picture framing, uh, sundries, equipment, mouldings, and. and what have you yeah I, I was talking about it recently with my brother-in-law who is a uh, graphic designer and he, he he's aware of electricity etc and and he said oh there's one not far from here so i looked it up but yeah maybe it's it's gone gone now but i looked up electricity the company and it's still going who's <laughs> still using electricity for goodness sake and go back to the, the late 60s when it first came out my dad who was a, a graphic designer he, he got some in in the studio where he was at and his boss said that'll never catch on <laughs> and of course it did and we used it as we were very limited with you could get typesetting done yeah reams of text set in 12 point times new roman or basket or whatever, whatever myriad of, of typefaces um, but if you wanted anything custom or something a bit different you needed to use letterset uh, but we did a lot of um, visualization work as well. We had a design department and an artwork department where I was. And if we were doing something for photography for, for, as a mock-up, I'd custom make transfers. So you, you could have what you liked. Or, or, or did um, direct print as well. You could use the same materials to print straight onto paper. It was always yeah. onto a flat surface. Yeah. But we had a, a very small... A toilet cubicle sized room to do this in and they were soldered inks and there was reducers and, and, and developers and it was yeah it was nasty stuff nasty stuff and we had a, a small fan to suck the air it's like you would in a in a bathroom really something of that ilk yeah and i remember hearing my manager say to someone else well i wouldn't go in there I was 17 or 18 at this time and thought, hang on a minute, if he wouldn't go in there, why am I in here? <laughs> so I said, I'm not going in there anymore. And they custom built me a, 
a glass booth with proper extraction, etc., and, and had a decent yeah, good. respirator. <laughs> but this was before the elves and the pixies existed. I think you know yeah. there was no one, no one you could ring up and say, "I don't think this is right." I'm just, <laughs> just told to man up. <laughs> Get on with it, lad. Yeah, what's the matter with you? Another head would be useful. <laughs> but, but the worst thing about that was on a dry day, um, the 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 bed that you worked on had a big roll of scrap paper at one end and another roll nearest you, and, and um, you'd put these sheets of, of plastic that was the carrier for the ink and the adhesive, etc. And you, you'd put a bead of, of ink across it and you'd draw that down with a, a, a wound steel rod and a fine wire wound around it so you get an even pull of ink. It spread out mm. and was a, a uniform thickness. Yeah. Uh, and you'd come off the bottom of your plastic carrier sheet onto the waste paper. You, you roll the, the rod around a few times, wipe it with a tissue and put it into a solvent tube to, which would clean the rest up. And then you'd, you'd wind the paper, which was only scrap paper, like newspaper on a roll. And you'd wind that, but all this, this friction built up static <laughs> and the bed was metal framed and very often you'd, you'd wind this on you'd be working away and you got your hand near the metal where the paint might be chipped bang you know, how you'd, you'd get an armful it was quite a charge and um one of our when i progressed onto the drawing board we had a studio junior simon sweetman if you're out there uh he had long hair and this was in the late 90s he was a, a big pop elite itself fan and all that sort of thing you know long hair oh, man he was like that and he was working way over this bed and his his hair was an inch or so above above the bed <laughs> and it grounded out through him and the spark ignited the vapors on the bed oh crikey <laughs> and he had a fireball go up in his face so and he's in this, this booth in the corner of the studio which is double glazed <laughs> nobody heard him squeal like a girl um but someone fortunately noticed the explosion and <laughs> we pulled the door open, um, which introduced some more air into the process. And there, there was a, a fireball disappearing into the suspended ceiling and burning paper shards falling. And this, this poor dazed kid in the middle of it going, what up? <laughs> and uh, um, it, was, it was great fun. Those uh, old studio days were, were, were marvellous fun. <laughs> it sounds it. Yeah, crikey. That's, that's something else. I that's my dad, my dad used to get into trouble with, for static when he yeah. he was in the medical corps, did his national service straight from the school. And then he went, because he was med a medic, he could uh, go to civilian hospital and do a conversion or get the experience and become a, a nurse, which is what he did. And that's where he met my mum. But back in those days, I mean, this was kind of the 50s. They used to use rubber sheets on the mattresses because of you know, obviously protecting the mattress from yes, yes. bodily fluids and the like. Yes. And he kind of apparently developed a technique of being able to sort of give this rubber sheet a flick, which would generate, obviously to smooth it out, but it would also generate a bit of static electricity. If you did it just at the right moment, of course, in the in the nineteen fifties, the the female nurses had to wear kind of very specific uniforms, you know, very traditional kind of nineteen fifties nursing uniforms, and of course they all wore stockings because they had to wear stockings 
tights weren't really an option at that point. And, of course, they used to have metal suspender clips. <laughs> so the discharge into their leg through the metal of the suspender clip through the skirt. They used to get into a bit of trouble with the nurses and with matron for doing that, apparently. Oh, yes. I don't want to upset matron. <laughs> oh, this was a studio full of chaps, apart from we had one, one girl, bless her. Um, she suffered at the hands of, of some, shall I say, just... It, you know, it was the late 80s, early 90s. Yes. Uh, Caroline. Caroline? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, she was she was lovely, but there were 20 blokes guys in aren't. the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie? I said, but, but guys aren't. Yeah, no, yeah. no. We, we were, <laughs> Especially not them. We were awful. Uh, a peculiar mix of peculiar people, uh, in, including one chap. It's funny what... Uh, what was his name? Ron. Ron Crockett. He, uh, the, the studio was in Wimbledon. I, I it's not, in Wimbledon. not croquet then. No, cro <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely Crockett. <laughs> Very upstanding, um, a pillar of society. What he, he was, he he cycled to and from the office. He didn't have a car. Uh, he cycled, I think, twelve miles each way. And, right. Yeah. Through London. That's it. It's no mean feat. No. And uh, every what come. Rain or shine, he'd, he'd always cycled. And um, he'd stand at his desk with a, uh, a bottle of talcum powder and liberally dose himself all over <laughs> to soak up <laughs> 12 miles worth of sweat. <laughs> Cloud, sit down and do a day's work. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but he, he, um, he was uh, in the RAF during the Second World War. I think he did national service as well, possibly afterwards. Um, he one of the things he did was to hand paint the, the graphics, the identification characters on aircraft. Oh wow! And he he could with a with a brush he could do a, a perfect roundel because he, he was in the RAF, not the Luftwaffe or anything like. He did a perfect roundel, you know, the the Brilliant. white white on the outside, yeah. uh, mm. blue within, and a red depending on the, the type, of course. Yeah, he was proper old school artist yeah cool. fantastic character <laughs> and that's just one of the 20 <laughs> yeah but the rest of us were perfectly normal perfectly normal yeah, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> it was um yes that's beer by the way um yeah good for you uh, sipping gently I, it'll be moderated because the last thing you want me to do is to, I need to go to the toilet again. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, there we go. We've had one guest go to the toilet midway through. Well, I say midway through, it was coming up to four hours and oh, exactly. Minutes. Yes, yes. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I think Jesse definitely gets a pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah, that, that, I will do my obviously my utmost to contain myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have yeah, um, part of our. Our remit in that studio we ran uh ford of europe we ran their literature oh, wow. all the art all the artwork for it we had a, a, a office within an office of, of two people that managed managed all of that so we we did the the brochures for the ford transit for instance in in english and french and german and italian and spanish and that was terrific fun doing all that. It's all flat artwork. There no no computers mm. before the, the the Mac turned up in late eighty eight. Yeah, all, all 
you have a base artwork with all the common elements, like pictures and, and line work and, and diagrams, and then a series of overlays with the, the language variations of text pasted onto them. So when it came to photography that the printers, the printers photographed the artwork to then make a printing plate yeah. um, via separation into film, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so we had these these big big artboards um, with all this stuff pasted up, and it was an amazing thing, absolutely amazing process. And with yeah, we had a um, couple of photo mechanical transfer cameras, uh, which they're giant bellows cameras, effectively. Um, I think one was about three and a half, four foot across the, the platen at the top. They face down, so you'd, you'd put yeah. your original on a glass plate at the bottom. And then you'd have this this huge bellows. Um, one was manual, had to wind handles to get it up and down and focus. And the other one was electronic, so you could punch in percentages to make the thing you were photographing a given size, etc. And you could check it on the top platen. And when you were happy, you put a put the red light on, and then a piece of photographic paper on that. Shut the lid, turn the vacuum on, so it sucked the paper down to the the, the glass and. You press the exposure button, and the four five hundred watt lamps would come on, <laughs> <laughs> which was all right in the winter. But again, it's like, probably ideal for the dimming the dimming the lights in the rest of the studio. Oh, yeah, it was it was really bright and very very warm. And uh, another another junior that followed me, a chap called Paul, uh, he he did not cope well in the heat in the summer. He had to he'd get nosebleeds because of the, the intensity of the heat. And he'd spend the day with tissue paper up his nose, bless him. Because <laughs> you weren't allowed not to work. You and you weren't allowed to get blood on the artwork because of course, it's, dried, it's red and it's, work. it's graphic. <laughs> we, we prided ourselves on, on really good quality artwork. It was, it was a high quality on studio. On a blood-free environment. environment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Design in Action, that was the name of the outfit. That was uh, um, part of a... a Again, a, a bigger company, a purchase point that did media around the world. Yeah, we were we were very prestigious, so everything we did had to be top notch. <laughs> Great place to work. Sounds it. We had um, clients like Land Rover, Ford, um, Fortnum and Mason. Yeah, I did a lot of corporate reports and accounts as well, which were so boring. Um, <laughs> but we also we also had some fun jobs. Like um, we did all the packaging for. European or maybe just UK GI Joe toys. If you remember those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those? yeah. Uh, the packaging for the Cabbage Patch dolls, we did all of that. Um, TCR Total Control Racing as well, because you you had to have the product often because the design team would want to see it, so to make course, packaging yeah. amends and what have you. So, <laughs> what are you doing? Stop, <laughs> Stop playing with toy cars. <laughs> Oh, um, no, 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 it's research. Getting a feel. For... Yeah. I, I did a, a lot of photography mock ups. I, I did uh, R. White's lemonade bottle labels, for instance, um, in variations that you may have been on the TV ads. And some, some of the stuff we did got, got whisked away for photography and, and advertising. And, um, one of our accounts was uh, John Smith's, the, the beer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I remember being, we were in, in Putney at this point. This was before Wimbledon. We had a, a really old studio just off of Putney Bridge on the south side or the north side. I'm never sure. 
might be north not the north side now next to the um ibm tower if anyone out there is familiar with that uh, anyway this old studio i had had my my rub down transfer making room in there and i was working away late one night making a a font head uh, for john smith's uh, when you, you pull the pint you have that that often brass used to be brass yeah. identifier called called a font head apparently um so i had this this brass plate and i had to put the john smith's logo the, the green red white black on it so i've made all the individual colors as transfers all in tight register from the artwork that i created and it was i was the only one in the building i was still there but two in the morning working late on this thing putting it down rubbing all the transfers down get it nice and lined up in this brass plaque perfect absolutely perfect um looked just right and uh i to seal it put a couple of very light coats of gloss varnish on it and look good on camera came in in the morning my manager nigel smith hello nigel um he's got a can of spray and he's spraying it over. it wasn't glossy enough it wasn't glossy enough no <laughs> he's laid it on so thick as it started to dry the whole thing's just curled up and <laughs> fallen off of this brass font oh ah well we, we've got to ah that's got to go to photography this morning <laughs> it's not going anywhere nigel you'll have to it was it was all manual you couldn't just run another one off printer. Yeah. you know it was it took hours to make this stuff i think you kids uh, out there you're very lucky in your digital world <laughs> yeah. oh so that, that's my biggest struggle with like trying to do any kind of artwork i've, I've started to do to do a little bit more now with, with digital medium but you know holding an actual pen that puts actual ink on a real page there's, there's no undo button for when i mess it up no and that's my biggest frustration with like interacting with the real world is it's 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 frustrating when you make mistakes yes yes especially if you know those of us that perhaps speak our minds very often you know you've oh <laughs> i was thinking it <laughs> it was my thought you can't have but it's too late yeah and no you there's no you can't match that z you it, yeah it comes out loud yeah yes and oh, sorry but you, you think it's still do that the same at control z yes you know, it just doesn't work there's no keyboard underneath no it'll come I, I'm, I'm sure that uh google or amazon are working on <laughs> just pause and rewind on it live action. yes yes <laughs> you know nearly everything we do is digitally controlled there's a computer doing an element of it for us <laughs> i still struggle with the fact that we can rewind a bit of television and watch it if we missed something i i'm saying oh, i missed that yeah, but we can rewind it oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's live it's real <laughs> it's, it's so so much sci-fi from the from the 90s is, is it's now every day isn't it well i think this is the thing though isn't it everything that was that was sci-fi in the 90s is stuff that the kids grew up with and then became like engineers and scientists and just made it sci yes <laughs> it's it's our reality yeah it's fantastic yeah. Got I was talking about with, my, with my daughter the other day you're talking about um the tom clancy uh net force books i don't which know those. must be they, they're quite early well, some of his quite early ones. They, I think they were actually written by him, as opposed to the kind of has his name but written by somebody else. Like some, some more up to date ones. 
and the, the great books this is set in sort of near future and it's literally it's talking about people who are doing the sort of stuff that we hear about nowadays you know kind of literally chasing down criminals through the cyber yeah yeah side of things and this is i'd like to say before the internet as we know it now um i'd have to look at but these the the characters that you kind of follow the the team that this net force team that you kind of follow in their kind of adventures and, and kind of solving these crimes and things had these like i i think possibly it might even be something that was everyone had they literally had these little units that they could use to communicate and see the pictures of people that they were talking to <laughs> and yeah you could they could have their, their wallet so they would have their money on it and they would have their organize their time on it and yeah it's essentially just the mobile phone before oh, you know, these silly the majority are. of the i mean this i if i remember you know, there were mobile phones but it was the you know, it was the motorola brick type yes yes so you didn't have the kind of there were no cameras they weren't you know the apps that we have on the phones now this yeah it was it was phone just a phone, yeah. might possibly have a contact list and could just about send sms messages yes that was it 140 character sms or whatever it was yeah my friend and no stacking them either there was no kind of not like nowadays where you can kind of stack it and yeah you can write a page of text and it'll just send it as 20 sms it was then yeah i remember my i can't get the camera's back a thing my friend craig had one uh, he worked for a plant hire company and was often on site, etc. And, and he had this this thing, and it just it looked like it had fallen out of Blake Seven. You know, it was just this fantastic <laughs> handheld device. And the rest of us had to always oh, a phone box. I'll just go and ring mum and see what time dinner is. Yeah. My my um, two older brothers um, they used to work on the road, hydraulic engineers, and uh, the the eldest there's a fair age gap he's similar age to uh, to andy um and on his first day of work it was the it was an old motorola phone it had a, a separate handset that would lift off it had the numbers on the back of the phone you know like proper old school you know old style but it still had an lcd on the back and the, the buttons would yeah. would light up but the, yeah. the battery pack was um it was twice the width of the handset yes I could, you know, the handset would case, lift off yeah. the coil um, well, this was this was all integrated in the one unit with a carry handle, um, but you'd lift the handset off. Um, but on his first day of work, he you know he got his phone ready, got his packed lunch ready, he's there with his um, with his vehicle and stuff. And he, he placed everything on the roof, unlocked the door, and <laughs> then drives off. And that moment of panic, he sort of looks in the rearview mirror and sees the mm. phone slide off the top of the car, and just. Boosh, exploded behind oh him. many many thousands of pounds <laughs> yeah it was yeah <laughs> they, they used to make so many calls it got to the point where they'd get a, a renewal contract contract renewal they'd get a replacement phone from from bt cellnet back in the day oh yes. yeah, 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 for yeah. one pence yeah. it was a one, yeah. one pence for the uh for the, the replacement Cell handset we did artwork for cellnet in the 80s <laughs> my my first my first mobile phone was basically on one of those sort of deals. I, I think I paid a penny for it. Yeah. For my mm -hmm. first mobile phone. It was a Motorola brick. It was uh it would have been 
92 and basically i was i was just doing it was literally it was an offer from a sunday wales on sunday newspaper and it was just this, this whole page ad and you could get the phone for a penny and your contract per month um because <laughs> i was doing i was doing so much kind of solo walking and climbing stuff my dad was always kind of worried about me kind of yeah, what would happen if you had an accident so well I'll just deal with it but yes. yeah just like, so yeah so i was like okay i'll get i'll get this newfangled phone thing and yeah it was, i mean it, it was it must have been a kilo oh two pounds for the, the <laughs> american friends and it was just i mean yeah just another weight it was a good job it was a good job i used it mostly when i had a rucksack because yeah it's so yeah it's just like you had to go in the top pocket of the rucksack it was just so big it wouldn't fit but I, I had a denim jacket and rather than kind of the levi style denim jacket with the short pockets so i had a kind of slightly more swankier kind of 80s rom pop not with a neuromance type sort of denim jacket with huge pockets <laughs> i could fit it in but yeah it was a uh, Oh, just fantastic. like a, a big con concertina pocket that would pull out enough to yeah. slide the phone into <laughs> but it, it, it would pull down on one side so much yeah. it would kind of look really odd yeah because it would kind of be a really uneven and just be pulling down anyway yes a bit of a richard the third haunch to you in circles with ease yeah <laughs> But it, the, the thing is, you could get you could get a signal anywhere with it because the aerial was just so powerful. Yeah, mm. they were pumping out so much power. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, it was really bad. The vision would go blurry. It was radiating out in all directions as well. Yeah, it wasn't like most phones nowadays where they're designed to radiate away from the user's head. Yeah, they literally were just pumping out in all directions. It yeah. was kind of three or four aerial on the top. Your own, your own what, mobile I, microwave yeah what i found quite interesting is that the the width of it kind of see if you looked at the first sort of the, the thing it was, it was about inch and three quarters two inches mm -hmm. wide and that width stayed then as mobile phones like kind of had new mobile phones they stayed all stayed that width they just got thinner and shorter but they stayed mm -hmm. that width kind of yeah, it's the width of a keypad essentially yeah yes yeah, and the, yeah. obviously this is before kind of you know touch screen or anything like that but then, of course, things started getting wider, and yeah, nowadays you know, phones are like you know, four inches wide. And, they're ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but they're only this; they're only kind of you know, half a centimeter thick. Yeah. Yeah, big on chunky them. boys. Look at that! Oh crikey! Look at that! It's like an old Texas calculator. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I I refuse to have one of those widescreen telephones. I just it's too big. I I yeah. Easy with the prefer, eyes. Well, I prefer. I, I, it'll wait till I get home. I'll look on the computer. I'll be able to see it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can type on a half decent keyboard as well, and, and not mm. this. I can't do the two thumb business. That no, I sound old. <laughs> not old. Well, knowing your calculators are Texas Instruments, I mean that that's that kind of dates you a little bit as well. I mean, they're still going and they still make yes, yeah, they still exist, yeah, calculators. But yeah, yeah they're, I mean, they're, they're a chip school, manufacturer yeah. to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got I've got uh, one Texas. I've, I, as Jamie knows, I have a little bit of a calculator collection. Yes, you've mentioned which it before, has got yeah. bigger this week because I bought a new ah. calculator this week. Um, but I only have yeah, one Texas. Have. Most of them are Casio. Most of the calculators I have. Casio, but I've got one Texas, right. which is a graphics calculator. And what's uh, that? 
Uh, it literally has a screen. There's a screen, kind of two inches by two inch screen on it. Oh, oh crikey. Two inch screen. So you, well, literally you can kind of take your kind of y equals mx plus e or y equals x squared plus 4x plus 3. You can enter that and it will then show you the shape of the graph on the screen. Oh, wow. And if you enter two, so you've got a kind of yeah, a parabola and a straight line, it will then tell you the intercepts of those, which are yeah. the solutions of them. So it's, it's all very clever. Yes. Um, the first one I remember in, in, um, in a maths lesson, actually, when we were allowed to have them in school, probably the first year of secondary school, uh, it, it was the, the type that had the um, the red display. Yeah. Digits were red? Yep. I don't know what that type of display is, but that's what it was. And it was it was a, a large chunk. You know, if like the person a seven segment sort of thing. I, I don't know. But it, I think they were, I think essentially they're LEDs. It must have been then. You, you I think they're early, they're, it's an LED display. Oh, essentially, it's a multiple component within the LED, I, I believe. Oh, oh. So like a Nixie kind of yeah thing and that but yeah. yeah yeah they were quite deep weren't they <laughs> you could certainly brain the kid on the next desk with it if you needed to and it would still function <laughs> in, in my math lessons yeah that was <laughs> that was the major major need was to defend yourself from the chap sitting next to you because it was <laughs> I went to a comprehensive you know <laughs> you had to have your wits about you and I don't think anyone in my class was even remotely interested in in mathematics. Definitely weren't interested in doing English. Um, technical, te there were a few technical drawing that I did. Uh, yeah, that was cool because we we were there. We wanted to be doing that. Uh, woodwork, no. There's only a few of us interested in that. Uh, hello, Mr. Bell. I presume Mr. Bell's no longer with us. Uh, he was amazing. Um, he, he was one of my inspirations actually to to make i mean look when you think of now we talk about makers and and it's a very modern term oh, i'm a maker mm. well we've always made things and i've yeah, always yeah, made things i've always been creatively making whether it's an airfix kit or something from scratch but he was one of very few uh, inspirational people uh, he was he flew Lancaster bombers in the war. He's what proper old school teacher. You know, no nonsense to be had, boys. We're here to to learn, and, and I'm not taking any what's it's from you. you know, but yeah. Now, back in the days where you you were perfectly entitled to grab a noik by the the uh, the collar and <laughs> sling him out your, your classroom. <laughs> yeah, oh, followed, by, followed by the followed by the wooden board rubber. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I remember what I won't name the teachers. We got to be dead by now. Anyway, we, it was a communal class. I don't remember. I don't remember the lesson, but there was um, a husband and wife teaching pair, and they were they were strict, quite rightly. And I remember a certain classmate who I couldn't stand. He was just messing about beyond belief, and he was pulled out of his seat and made to sit down on one of those old-fashioned Victorian iron radiators. And in this large classroom, there was one of those wooden framed boards that rotated. The roller boards. That, yeah. It was a roller board, yeah, and, and it was it tilted as well. So it was a freestanding thing. And this teacher, I nearly Gosh. said his name then, pulled it away, calculated, he was a maths teacher, calculated the, the pivot distance to the end away from this miscreant's head, grabbed out of the bottom and yanked it. So the, the top pivoted down and, and walloped him on the nut. <laughs> 
you could do that then. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made I had no a, difference. My, my, my technical drawing teacher had a kind of habit of picking up the metal waste bin Ooh. and throwing it at people <laughs> really misbehaving. I mean, chalk was, I mean, pretty much all the teachers, certainly all the male teachers, used to kind of be really accurate with the, a little nub of chalk. Yes. And they'd kind of flick it or throw it. And yeah, if, if you were unlucky, they, they, it would get you if you were not the person, yeah, if the person was behind <laughs> you and they just misjudged slightly. Yeah, you get pinged with a bit of chalk. And... Yeah, that sung, didn't it? That yeah. Was... They don't use chalk now, do they? No. <laughs> I stopped using they, it. They my just first throw the whole marker. Yeah. <laughs> my first school that I taught at had chalk. Ah. Um, and I left there in, I want to say, 2000. Oh, so I'm still using it then. Yeah. But the rollerboards, my, the last school I taught at, I had a, a rollerboard, but it was it was a, a dry wipe material, so essentially ah, a whiteboard yes. rather than a chalkboard. Yes. Um, my my daughter's prom; she's twenty now, um, Emily. And uh, remember, at her primary school they they were already using the um, projectors. It was all done by projector. They didn't. They might have had. She'll correct me. <laughs> she's good. I always that. i i i've had a project i had a projector in. My classroom labs from oh i think probably about 2000 and 2004 2005 so probably yeah probably four mm. 2004 maybe even a little bit earlier but probably yeah 2003 2004 and yeah i mean obviously the mixed difference but i always insisted where i could couldn't always because it wasn't always up to me but i always insisted of having a, a whiteboard a dry whiteboard as well because mm. sometimes the projector goes yes or the power goes and yes. you haven't got a an alternative you're stuck yes and if you want to get a thing down even now it's quicker to grab a pen yeah. and something to write on yeah if you just no. do something really quick yeah. then yeah, yeah you don't want to be yeah. getting this computer up and getting projected and but like if you literally all you're writing is yeah, right, tests will start at nine oh five, we'll finish at nine forty-five. Yeah, you don't have a projector on for that, it's just a waste of power and <laughs> yes. Yeah, we... And the failed lamps and everything yeah, else yes. that goes with it. Yes. I mean yeah. you I don't necessarily think lots of chalk dust in the air was good for anybody, but uh, it was no, possibly... dry, tell you what, as a teacher, it dries your skin out. Yes, really you bad. It. You get cracked hands. You mm. get. I used to find I used to get um, cracked, or not cracking, but dried out skin on my face mm. as well, because you can't. It'd be constantly on your hands, and because yeah. you just be in the air, let's say all the time. And it was, it was, yeah, not good for complexion. It wasn't particularly good. Our French teacher, uh, she wore glasses and and another oik, surrounded by oiks. <laughs> I was in the nerd <laughs> set. I was fine. Um, he was asked to come and correct something on the board in French. So he grabbed the board rubber and he blew it at her, which was a, a horrible thing to do. Of course, yeah. go to their glasses, <laughs> coughing like a what's it. Most of the boys, hilarious, fits of laughter. And those goody two-shoes of us sitting at the back, we were allowed to sit at the back. Oh, it's horrible. How am I going to learn the pronoun for a postman now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want, to, I, I want to contribute my verbs. 
Yes, exactly. I've got no idea what any of that means. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other good thing about the, the board rubbers, if you he had two of them, uh, not you needed two, but two made it a bit easier. If you were teaching about lasers, you know, the idea that light travels in straight lines, you could bang the boards together, yes. bang the kind of rubbers together, and you get this really nice sort of red line kind of yes. you know, across the room. Yes. And yeah, yes. it's like. So, uh, that you don't get in the films yeah they kind of try to break into the sort of safe and oh look there's all these lines of laser it's like they they had to do that even when we were at school the teachers weren't allowed to smoke anymore were they (laughs) that was in the Uh, bathroom yeah well i was in school they they still they didn't smoke in the classrooms but they smoked in the uh individual prep rooms oh each subject had their own little kind of staff rooms yes um my first school there was smoking in the staff room well there, there was a there was a main part of the staff room and then there was a smaller bit which was essentially a little corridor and that corridor which was it was probably i don't know 15 feet by eight feet that was where all the smokers went so the main staff room wasn't but you had all these smokers so like a smoke I test on possibly the... i think possibly they stopped allowing it in my second year there hmm. so that would have been 90 99 98 99 hmm. uh, it's just it's horrible if you needed to take that shortcut to get yeah be able to break yeah, to get yes. somewhere quick yeah it was pretty just horrible cut through the air yeah yeah I, I i dj'd for many years um i doing corporate gigs and uh, uh sort of weddings and, and that sort of thing and when I started doing that, smoking was fine in public spaces. And you know, you'd be in that environment for four or five hours in an evening. You'd come home in your, your dinner jacket that you had to wear the following night, stank. But the only the only upside was it didn't matter that it stank because the environment you were going to with it next stank. <laughs> <laughs> so what's a little bit of body odor on top of that, you know? <laughs> it, uh, when when the laws changed and, and smoking was no longer allowed in in public premises that was fantastic oh it's so much nicer mm. it, it was just I, I i never smoked so it, to me it was always going to be a foul environment to enter yeah definitely. but you, you you couldn't sneak home because you had this this aura about you apart from coming in at two in the morning with lots of heavy black boxes at the time you know <laughs> you, you brought this waft with you just just oh so unpleasant yeah I, i've got memories of uh sort of growing up um my dad's a musician so you know having his clothes kind of airing out at the side you know sort of waking up and walking past the uh sort of the smoke-filled jeans and t-shirt that yeah aired out from the night before and things um i, I remember him saying that it was a welcome change because he didn't he doesn't smoke at all um so it was a, it was a welcome change initially you know the, the, the whole idea of no longer having to try and sing uh, in a smoky environment. Yeah. But it was very quickly replaced by just being able to pick up on all the other smells that people produce in a setting <laughs> for several hours. So it was, sort of, uh, it, it was a, a bittersweet, I think. Yes. You had to wave bye-bye to the Joe Cocker gravelly voice, didn't you? I think when, <laughs> yeah. when the band came in. But, although the smoke machine still allowed, and that was another great way of... True giving you a very sore throat. (laughs) 
We had yeah, somebody, so. We've had somebody in the street have a fire twice this week. And I don't know what they're burning, but it was a few days ago they did it, and they also did it last night. And within seconds of kind of realising what it is and kind of closing sort of the doors and windows, really bad sore throat. Oh. And mm. it's, it's got to be sort of five or six houses away. And, yeah, I've, my throat's still sore. From last night, my throat is still sore from it. I yeah, don't know why it's burning, but it's pretty nasty stuff. That's not fair, is it? Not not. We've all got our no, windows open, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, Marion, you've still got washing on the line. <laughs> she can't hear me. She's got her earphones in. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It'll be full of grief at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I can't. 23 and a half still on the wall up there. Uh, yeah, I'm still at 24 and a half. 24 so you've cooled down because you said you were 25 before. You, yes. Yes. Yeah, before we went live. Yeah. Mm. Now we, we are perhaps fortunate that we are surrounded by open fields and a breeze coming past is going to get us yeah my, mine's great i'm, I'm down to 23.3 oh <laughs> oh well, point three, eh? <laughs> uh, we, we only go in half degree increments yeah. here you see yeah. <laughs> i don't know how accurate it is but it well, says 23.3 yeah. <laughs> well, this, this most 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 scales are relative anyway they only first yes. sort of change yeah it's, yes and in fairness, it's it's a small office with an AC unit up above the window. It's going to be a lot of strat stratification anyway, so it's only going to be twenty three point three there where that thing At that is. point. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> God, the, the rest of the world must be wondering what we're complaining about. <laughs> we just yeah. Use... I, I I don't remember. I I survived nineteen seventy six, as did Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I have recollections of. Of, I think we had a standpipe in the road. I, I think and there was we had shortage. there were standpipes, but at one point even the standpipes had um, dried up, and we had Bowsers being ah, brought around. Wow! I don't we literally, that. we were literally having to go out with kind of saucepans and uh, kettles. Uh, yeah, metal kettles in those days. We didn't yes. we didn't have an electric kettle. No, um, no. So literally going out and kind of collecting as much water as we could. You yeah, know, didn't, didn't have a bath for. Because we didn't have a shower, didn't have a bath for a couple of weeks at one point. Because yeah. it was just there wasn't enough water. It was literally, yeah. And you couldn't. They were you didn't buy bottled well bottled water in a supermarket would have been yeah just like mineral water. Yes, some Evian maybe possibly. Yeah, then. yeah. We, we holidayed in the Isle of Wight that year. That was you know, a fantastic fortnight in August to be had there, sitting on the beach at um, uh, Steep Hill Cove. On the south of the island, anyone that's going to the Isle of Wight, Steep Hill Cove, check it out. It's very, very good. It's it's changed a little since those fantastic days of the seventies. The, the coastal erosion and the and the power of the sea, etc., has moved yeah. moved rocks about. But it was a very very yeah. small bay with with a few houses and a cafe run by Roger. Um, we went there so often. My my parents knew him and his wife and and Dave, who owned a beach hut down the road fished for crabs and yeah oh it's fantastic i visited when my children were small and whilst the access road past the cricket club at ventnor i think it's ventnor cricket club you go down some really steep steps it's you literally walk down a cliff face there's no vehicular access to it and then there's lovely little cove of the, the cafe and some guest houses 
and uh, the beach is, is definitely smaller than it used to be. That's not just the changes that, that happen because you get bigger. It's, yeah. <laughs> it is smaller. There's less beach. There's more concrete. There was no, not so much concrete when I was small. Uh, it's still a lovely place. And you can walk from there all the way along the, the coastal path to, I think it's Ventnor. My geography of the Isle of Wight is appalling. Um, I've never been. I wouldn't. I, I don't oh, know. It's lovely. Absolutely. The whole island is is steeped in history, as in it's still there. <laughs> it's it's a bit nineteen fifties there still. It it's absolutely fantastic. Lovely place, and you can't go without visiting Black Gang Chine, which is um, it's an old fashioned theme park. I think it was it began in Victorian time as a, a a coastal garden to, to, to walk and enjoy yeah. etc and grew over over the years there are even when i was small there were you go in the after late afternoon early evening so the colored lighting in the all the trees was, was magical but uh, um festoon lanterns and then there's, there's a, a wild west town there with all the old buildings to, to play in and a jail you can lock your parents in and ha and, <laughs> and uh there were dinosaurs in the undergrowth, like uh, like Crystal Palace has. If you ever visited the dinosaurs at Crystal Palace, so you'd be walking down a path, and then there'd be a huge Diplodocus or Diplodocus, if you like, head hanging over you, coming out of the undergrowth. And it was magical as a small person, and and now as an adult, it's it's a world of magic. It's I was going to say it's, it sounds pretty good even as an adult. So. Oh, I'd go again as an adult. Absolutely, you, you do not need children to go there. It's it's perfectly fine. There's a there's a maze and a, a hall of mirrors, so you can watch yourself get fat, get thin, get wobbly, and all sorts. And, and giant pirate ship to clamber over. And a... my mum's not listening, so we can go here. And there's there's a <laughs> a smuggler's cavern that you can walk through. You take a route, and there are various scenes set into the fiberglass. Uh, walls of fiberglass rock walls. Uh, there'll be a shipwreck that's that's slightly animated and flashing lights and rumbling speakers and and it just tells the story of the sea. But there's a lot of um, uh, uh, black light, isn't it? The UV lights. Yeah. Mm. And I I remember being a small person going in there and, and Mum grinning because she was having a good time and Mum, your teeth have gone a funny colour because she had a couple of false teeth. Bless her. <laughs> it just glowed. It's one of those. Beautiful childhood memories, I'm afraid. <laughs> Nick, Nick's enjoying that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a magical place. There's so many, so many memories for me there, but mm. anyone who's been is going, yeah, yeah, I know that. And uh, yeah, just if you get a chance, Jamie, Andy, visit. The island itself is, is beautiful anyway. There's lots of lovely scenery and, and other things to do. Well, I used to live in Bournemouth, so I used to be able to see oh. it literally from the kind of particularly the part of Bournemouth I lived in, um, or what the, the latter time when I lived there. Literally, I could yeah, walk to the seafront uh, and walk along towards Hengistbury Head, and and there it was you could see it. The, yeah. The so it was a you know a, a sort of one of those sort of places like oh I must go there one day. And I shared a house at university with a guy who came from there, and it's just, I never went to visit. You know, just just it, one of those things. Never got around to it. Obviously, as a, a child going there, it's another world because you have to get on a ferry to get there. Yeah, which itself 
when I the first time I did that as an adult, I was like, I got the very and I'm in charge. What do I do? <laughs> this this absolute horror of, of of managing to get your motor vehicle up this this moving ramp that's just undulating gently with the water. <laughs> What's it's fine. I think I'd already been on on the Woolwich ferry on my motor scooter at that point, so, you know. I knew it'd be okay, <laughs> but it's oh, such an adventure, absolutely beautiful adventure. I, I think I would, I'd probably struggle to actually physically get there. I think any um, any way that I would get near enough there, I'd probably just be sort of manhandled by Duncan. Little hobby shop, the gospel. So I think just just being close enough to 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 get vaguely near it, I think he'd probably come and find me. And, and yes, he's make a radar with golf. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and, and rightly so. You know, yes, I yeah. certainly wouldn't resist. Yours might have gone off a couple of Mondays ago, Andy. I had to go over to Kings North, and uh, I had Maker's Waffle on in the car. Uh, and uh, I was, it, it amused me greatly passing close to your door <laughs> and listening to you in, in, in the car. <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> yes, for people who, don't, people who don't know, I mean, we've, you've been mentioned a few times in the past. I mean, we're, we're an hour in, so introductions might be just about ready to time to leave. Because oh, you've, be, you've been mentioned a couple of times because you are, of people that are known in the maker community, you are the closest maker to me. Yes. Um, Geographically, um, yeah, we're the same distance apart. Do you know that? It's yeah. funny that, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, if I was, uh, well, no, I wouldn't, I kind of not quite past yours today, but I kind of did go past yours, but in a bit of a workaround because we were going up to see a relative, uh, earlier this morning. Um, so yeah, because you're so you're kind of, yeah, you're, you're my our nearest kind of known maker. I know there are some makers. Ashford is the town, the kind of sort of nearest town um, to me, or sort of known town. There are obviously, other towns around. Um, but the, I know there are some other makers there, and there's this. I know there are two that have got uh, YouTube channels. One of whom I know of, and I've kind of chatted to a couple of times online. Uh, does a bit of woodwork, mostly around sort of barrels. Uh, the other. The other, I know there's a, is, is somebody involved with prop making. Oh. But for the life of me, I found his channel. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saved it somewhere, but I think it got, got lost. And I've never been able to find it again. And it's in one tab. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, have tried, I have tried it. It might be in my saved one tab that kind of went somewhere else. That kind of, <laughs> the kind of do auxiliary, that. auxiliary, yeah, the miscellaneous one tab. The archived one tab. There's a joy um, in that, though, isn't there? I've got yeah. saved YouTube videos, and I, I forget that it exists. And I go, oh, 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 that'll be nice. I've saved that. Yeah. Oh, oh then there's the. Uh, what, why did I even bother? To, why did I save that? I'm not. Yes. Ten seconds in, you're like, yeah. What's happened? Bothered. Yeah. Lace making. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> we, of course, up the road north of us, we've got uh, Matthew Mustache. Yes, he's not far away. No, yes, yeah. Chatter. I used to. I had an office yeah. in Chatter for a number of years. Well, the, 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 I mean, Kent has quite a few sort of makers in it. And you know, I mean, Jimmy Page is down the far end. Yeah, he's mm. kind of 
yeah, on the cover. Not quite on the it depends which way you want to go to France. Yeah, he's I mean he's closer to yeah, I was but, gonna say from me to him, we're kind of heading area. towards we're <laughs> kind of heading towards Belgium. If we're kind of going a straight line from me to Jamie Page and carry on, you kind of hit Belgium. Belgium, maybe Holland. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, it's all right there. I've been there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we can go. You can go sort of yeah, go south. But it's um, uh, on Instagram, Andy from the Glue Box. Oh yes, he's, yes, course, Andy, he's yes. not far away. He's, yes. Um, there's, there's a, there are quite a few around. Yes, and there are people who aren't in the kind of the social media making community. Yes. There's a 3D printing company in the village. Um, it's also I, I want to at some point I want to go and kind of maybe have a bit of a chat. There's a, an escape room manufacturer designer yes. based in the village who makes things for that. I yes, you've mentioned him, haven't you? Yeah. Yes, why yes. Why yes. Sort of check that out. Um, the idea of going to one of those. I'll go the opposite direction, but the, the the designer making of the props, yes, I like that. I'd to like me... to do one. I haven't, but I would like to do one because I've done stuff like that in the past, and I've kind of yeah had kind of I've made things or helped other people make things or come up with an idea for other people to make mm. for things that kind of not necessarily escape rooms, but kind of used in a similar kind of scenarios. Yeah, uh, usually on a longer time scale. Um, and it's, it's good fun. Yeah, I would, I could, I would like, kind of like to do some. One in, in the last job that I had, uh, our manager um, wanted us all to go to one, and I flat refused. I'm not going. I'm not going. Oh, you, you've got to join in. No, I haven't. <laughs> I have zero interest in being stuck in a room full of puzzles with you. I'm not. I took a book. I sat in reception, read a book whilst they mucked about <laughs> stopping some fake dynamite going bang. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 you know I spent my working life designing, making, problem solving. You know, I enjoy doing it, but I, I kind of like to pick and choose a bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> my leisure time. No, thank you. I don't, I don't fancy doing this. <laughs> I'd rather That's read fair. this book. <laughs> Some friends of mine, um, they, they they go around. Well, I was going to say go around the country, but they go around the world. They've they've done um, a number in Europe as well, uh, and I think some in the states. But um, just that's their their fun and their it's hobby thing, is, yeah. is escape rooms. Yeah, <laughs> they, they've broken loads of records on it as well. Oh wow! The, sort of, the, you know, the problem solving their engineers, brilliant. Mm. We all, you know, everything we do is, is problem solving, isn't it? You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes even doing a slice of toast can be problem solving. It won't, <laughs> won't turn on. What's going on? <laughs> the oh, it's, a very, oh, it's a very small piece of toast because you're using like a, a proper loaf and you cut pieces off and it's kind of fallen <laughs> down inside the toaster. <laughs> yeah. Ping, ping, like, ping. Got it. Yeah. But I've told this story before, talking about um, toast and problem solving. But uh, a good friend of mine um, used to work at uh, Maplin Electronics back in the day. Oh yes, I remember that. And uh, it, it was fortunate enough that the, the, the cohort of staff there were, were all very much of the same ilk. They're very, very nerdy, very problem solving, very 
that kind of way. Um, so a lot of kind of pilot stuff was tested with them, you know, they did demonstrations. And they, they had a guy who, who was formerly a toy demonstrator for Hamleys, uh, you know, it's published author on black hole theory and all sorts of stuff, you know, phenomenally gifted like intellect, but ended up, you know, sort of just playing with toys at Maplin. You know, yeah. it was, it was a sort of fantastic place to go and visit, um, you know, just hang out with some friends sort of thing. But my my friend, you know, sort of was uh, in the staff room having his break, and he's like, I just I, I could really just go for a cheese, you know, a cheese on toast right now, or a cheese toasty or something like that. So, of course, the obvious thing to do is to lay the toaster down on the side and <laughs> load your cheese up, and and away you go. So, you know, it, it's toaster on the side, got the cheese on the toast, or got the cheese on the bread in in the toaster. Pops away. He's, he's, you know, happy at his, you know, problem-solving journey complete. He's sat down with the cheese on toast, and um, his colleague was sort of looking at him while he's eating it, and behind him is the toaster. And then it's, um, I don't think it's meant to be smoking, though, is it? That'd <laughs> ah, be fine. Uh, no, that that's on fire now. <laughs> sort of turn around and just look, you know foot and a half of flames coming out the top of the toaster <laughs> yeah maybe that, maybe that's not all right but um <laughs> my, my mate happened to be a, a first aider and um also is an electronic engineer so of course naturally the first thing you do is grab a mug full of dirty dishwater and tip that in the top of the toaster <laughs> while it's still plugged in you know <laughs> <laughs> so, you know Pardon the pun, but heat at the moment. It was yeah, like, yeah. kind of like, uh, how do I fix this? You know, not unplug the device, which he would tell the rest of us to do. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. But our, he got his cheese on toast. Yeah, our, our tumble dryer was making a noise last week, and um, I'm going to take it apart, obviously. So I took it apart, and it was the, the it's a, a condenser one as well, so it. Mm -hmm condenses the water, blah, blah, goes into a vessel at the bottom, pumps it up. And I determined that it was that water pump that was making a, a squeal. Sort of sort of a squeal, not quite a squeal. So I, I popped it out, and sure enough, it had a fair amount of fluff around it, which I think was stopping the water from getting to the, the, the hose. It was, you know, it was interfering. You know. A bit like that, sort of not quite getting enough suction sound. And anyway... Mm. I'm not going to try and make it. We'll lose listeners. And, uh, <laughs> well, I we took it imagine. apart and took the connections off, blah, blah, blah. And I put my hand down on, on the, the kitchen floor. I thought, oh, my fingers are tingling. Why are my fingers tingling? <laughs> it's a bit weird. And I lifted it off and then they stopped tingling. It must be me, pins and needles or something. <laughs> it's because I had left it plugged in and the power supply for the motor was sitting in the puddle of water that I'd created by taking the motor out there. <laughs> I seem to be impervious to electrical shocks. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I've given myself many shocks over the years. Many shocks. And, and I yeah, proud to say the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's that realization yeah. you don't notice that you're doing it, do you? Until that's electricity. <laughs> it's such an odd feeling. Sometimes yeah. I think yes, definitely do notice. I, I mean, I can still remember the first time. Well, I was, I think, nine or ten, and tried to wire the a Meccano motor 
Actually, it might not have been a Meccano motor, but I wanted to motorize my Meccano, which didn't have motors. And I had this motor, which is probably a, a three or five volt motor. And I thought I could wire it into the torpedo plug of my bedside light. <laughs> um, not quite understanding kind of, you know, difference between mains. It's just electricity, isn't it? So, it's electricity, yeah. Yeah, it's like... It's the same. Yeah. I like, I, on I, TV I, all the time, just connecting yeah, into Yeah, I, I kind of noticed that one and... I've had a couple of mains shocks that I kind of, yeah, noticed. Um, you kind of you're changing a light fitting or something, and you've forgotten because you're, you're up and down the ladder trying to problem solve, and yes. you kind of, why is this? Oh, bang! Ow! Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the um, sixty amp supply to an electric cooker—that's quite a belt. I've done that. <laughs> I'd written cooker above the wrong. <laughs> Switch on the, the circuit breaker. <laughs> oh, oh I get yeah, I get paranoid about that one when I'm trying to sort of switch things off. It's like, can I maybe just switch them all off rather than just doing one? I, want to work yeah, yeah. I do that here because there's no guarantee that the, the plug you're touching is is connected to the circuit it's supposed to be connected to. It's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> once rewiring, but it's part of the fun. Yeah, it's it's more problem solving, isn't it? Yes. You know, you need to make sure you've got your tester ready and, you know, do yep, all those ready. safety checks. If everything worked perfectly, we'd be bored out of our minds, wouldn't we? <laughs> we we'd find things to break. Yes. Yeah, we'd find things to break or to try. Oh, can I do this? And that's how innovation happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What would happen um, if? I specifically remember um, when I was younger, lived at home, parents were going away, and, and um, my dad said to me, do not touch my Mac, my computer. Do not touch it. Fair enough. So anyway, so but we had one at work. I think I'm sure I was using one at 2CI probably back then. So whatever, I had cause to take dad's computer apart because it then didn't start up again. <laughs> <laughs> But I've managed to fix it. You know, there's nothing like the pressure of being killed to, to do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boost your creativity and ingenuity. Yeah, I don't remember the problem now, but I, I got it going. Yeah. <laughs> he was very impatient. If, if it wasn't working for whatever reason or something, the font wouldn't load, whatever it was, he was ever so impatient. Don't don't touch anything. Just let me look for you. Right? Let me understand. He would. What have you pressed? I didn't press anything. But you must have pressed something because this has happened, and it wasn't going to happen on its own, Father. <laughs> yeah, I miss him. I miss him. But then my life is easier. <laughs> Definitely easier. Yeah, I, I just got users at that point. You know. That's yes. A lot of my daily job is uh, is that kind of thing. Something. Oh, there was an error message. Any clue what it might have been? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I clicked OK. Right, OK. So I know it had an OK button. Was there anything else? What had you clicked before that? Oh, I, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm... Format C. <laughs> All my commercial work was, was Mac-based, of course. So after, when we had we had drawing boards and this, this beige box arrived. And... Uh, that was when OS nine was the operating system, uh, and uh, you had to learn to fix things, and it was more complicated, wasn't it? It was more complicated, and uh, 
IT didn't exist really as a as a thing. You were your own IT. So I've learned over the years about Macs, and I worked in a um, publishing department of a holiday company for a number of years, and um, twenty, maybe thirty Macs in there, all doing brochure work, making brochures mm -hmm. for uh, JMC holidays. That was then part of Thomas Cook. They, they've disappeared now, I think. Um, and because I was quite good at it, and I said to my then boss, can I do the Mac IT to relieve Michael, who's supposed to do it, but he's busy doing all the systems. He does the whole lot, runs the Sun servers and all, all the, the complicated stuff that I know nothing about. But I can fix a paper jam, a printer fault, a installer font, and all the basic stuff. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you can do that. So I did that. That was great fun. And then OS 10 came along, and I had nothing to do. <laughs> it, it just seemed to be a little more robust. I know it's, it, you know, it has its faults, and I'm, I'm sure Jamie, you'll 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 be uh, you prefer the PC world, don't you? You're you're a Windows fellow. Well, just out of habit more than anything. Um, I mean, my dad's a is a musician, record producer, and another thing. So he he's very much entrenched in the Mac ecosystem. Yes. Um, but my day job is it, it has to be. Um, Windows based, but I'm, yeah. I'm fairly fluent, fairly comfortable in in all of them. I used to run Solaris for a while. I was quite happy in in various flavors of Linux and you know just about every flavor of Windows that they've had. And <laughs> you know, I'm comfortable enough with most of it. It's, it's just another thing to load other things. Yes, you know. it's doing the same task no matter what the operating system is. The the same result is being delivered to the user, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like being able to fix one manufacturer's car and another manufacturer's car. The, the, the process is similar. Yeah, yes. it, bits go it, pop and then things spin around yeah. and bits are yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's not another one of my. I, I can't help it. I, I don't take my car to get it fixed. I do it myself because I can. <laughs> 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 but again, that's uh, none of my um, makery interests um, are born out of of wanting to do them. It's when I first started driving, I had a Mark One Fiesta, nineteen seventy eight Fiesta, and I broke it, killed the engine. I've have no idea how. And a friend of mine had just rebuilt his, and he said, "Well, let's rebuild it." And that was like a dark art. I thought I can't possibly rebuild a car engine. He said, "Yeah, sure." So we did. We rebuilt this this Ford Crossflow engine for my Fiesta, and, and took bits to get the machined, and, and bought a new cam, and put bigger jets in the carburetor, and a full bore exhaust on it, and and then it had lowered springs, and, and all sorts of. Th and suddenly you can do these things because you're only looking at, at nuts and bolts and reading the Haynes manual when they used to be worth reading, and, and <laughs> you could do a thing. And so I've. And I couldn't have afforded to have someone else do it for me. I was a studio junior. Couldn't couldn't possibly. I think that's the key, isn't it? It's that necessity being the mother of invention. You know, it's it, when you can't go and get someone else to do the repair, you have to figure out a way of doing it. Seems to be the uh, the function. Yeah, I, I think for me, I've, I've never done a huge amount of cars. My dad always used to do his. Um, not all of his own work, but a lot of his own work. 
for cars. That was mostly out of kind of not being able to afford to go to garages. Um, so it, it was kind of you know, had to get done. For me, I never I never really had, did much of that myself because more often than not, I was kind of I need it fixed quickly, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do it quickly. But certainly, when it came to doing stuff in our know, houses, you know. Our, our first house together as a sort of married couple and even kind of before that oh, we seem to have lost i think you okay. froze a moment ago yeah if you back on in a moment but kind of yeah just that oh i need we need to have a new kitchen oh it's going to cost x thousands to get somebody else to do it where i can do it for the yeah, thousand pound all in but you have to buy all the sort of cabinets and things well that, that was what sort of got me into um some of the it stuff was you know i needed to write some cds and bought a cd writer and then my, my friend showed me how to fit it because he'd fitted one before and that kind of gave me the bug for it and then not too long after that i was very rapidly learning IT forensics to recover a lot of data from a hard drive. And, you know, it's that kind of, um, I, I needed to figure it out somehow. You know, so if you don't have that, um, that option or that opportunity to, to have a more qualified person, you find a way. Yeah. I've just had a message. Can he to reboot his PC? <laughs> PC has died. He's going to reboot that. Uh, yeah, it's. I think. I think. Uh, I think money is often a sort of driving force for people, isn't it? There's that level of interest as well. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people get into cars because it's. Get into often when there's that involved. Yeah, I want to save money, but I want to learn how to do my car. And for me, yes. I, I always wanted to learn, but I never had. A, I think we didn't have a garage slide. It was our second house before we had a garage and we couldn't get a car into it. We tried once, completely failed. And so I've only, yeah, that's, we haven't got a garage here. So I've never had the space to kind of work on a car for more than changing the, changing the light bulbs or doing yeah, kind I mean, of it's like, I, I know that I can change um, a, a radiator outside my house on the road. Uh, or suspension. I, I've done those things, but because I've done those things, I now know the the time implication, and I I am now at that point where if my radiator needs replacing, it makes more sense for me to earn the money to do it and then pay a professional to do it in a tenth of the time it would take me to do it, because they a know what they're doing, b have the tools, and c have the facilities. Yeah. trying to do those things out the side of the road is a nightmare it's possible but it's, oh, it's oh, a totally. I, my, I now my, don't make yeah i mean i can remember helping my dad work on his cars and yeah we didn't have a garage yeah he did it on the side of the road he had a i still got some of the spanners that he used yeah they were nothing high quality they were all i mean they were i mean they, they're not bad quality but I mean, because a lot of things from that era were just well made Drop forged sheffield steel yeah um 
but then some of it was a bit rubbish yeah the, the, I've, I've, i don't know if i still have some of the kind of slightly rounded out sockets <laughs> <laughs> not that he ever had a proper socket set he had a, he had a few sockets mm-hmm. um yeah the pro- sort of normal sizes yeah the spark plug spanner yeah that was a kind of a yeah. specific spanner rather than a uh, a socket as such and yeah i can i can remember doing it and it, it but yeah i don't i i quite i get i've mentioned before i quite like the idea of maybe one day if i had a big enough workshop with space for a bit of garage space and maybe if mm. i had enough kind of spare cash to um do something. i was thinking i was thinking just a couple of days ago actually it was when i was walking the dog there's a a guy in the village who has a lotus 7 style kit car mm-hmm. and i was thinking i've got a ford c max which has got a one liter eco boost engine that will put out 125 brake horse power and it's it, it's it's a nice car it can shift it accelerates nicely off a one liter engine and it yeah you know, mm-hmm. averages 40 up to the gallon and that's on a a, a reasonably large not huge but a reasonably large kind of a mid-size uh multi-person style it's, I mean, it's, it's got five seats it's a family car it's a decent size yeah it car. is yeah and i was sort of thinking he sort of drove past i was kind of thinking now the classic idea the classic kind of thing for those is to stick something like uh it used to be like a, a mondeo engine mm-hmm. so you'd have at least a 1.8 but yeah often a two liter engine in a bit me thought one day of year if you could stick a take the drivetrain from the c-max uh which is essentially the same drivetrain as the ford focus c-max yeah. just a kind of a slightly more elevated version of it and then kind of stick so one liter engine in significantly lighter than a 1.8 or two liter mondeo engine yeah. 125 brake horsepower well, I think it's all about the horsepower per ton, isn't it? It's the, that's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, to weight ratio. Thing, yeah. yeah, that would shift quite nicely. Mm. And that's I used to, I used to teach. I can't remember what uh, the topic was. Now. I used to, that used to be something that came up here every now and again. In actually, more about the idea of acceleration, probably, and kind of sort of talking about power to weight ratio. I can remember having this PowerPoint, which had uh, a picture of a Aston Martin vantage yeah it was a vantage mm. and a westfield sate which is similar sort of style to the, the sort of lotus 7 mm. and it had the the mass and the acceleration and you kind of all the force like, there were various kind of calculations you could do with it whether you're looking at the kind of the force generated for the acceleration or whether you're looking at acceleration the 0 to 60 time you can kind of do various different bits in sort of terms of teaching with it essentially top trumps yeah and I think because the, the Westwood Sate would actually outperform 0 60 the Vantage mm-hmm. just because it was, you know, less, less two, mass, uh, no. a, third, a third of the mass. Mm. Uh, hey, we're back. Hello. <laughs> we've been talking, teach me to moan about computers. Yeah, we, we were talking <laughs> about, we, we spent a few minutes talking about cars again. Um, oh, right. <laughs> Very sort of yeah, fixing them and, and and or not. And so you haven't haven't missed much. We just kept the we kept things going. Well done, chaps. Oh, sorry. Well, the um, 
it was the old uh, adage from Ettore Bugatti. Said about uh, the horsepower sells cars and torque wins races. Yes. Yep. And that's that's something that you know the the car I've got now. Um, it's a it's a pretty torquey diesel. Uh, yes, it's all modern newfangled diesel engine. It's, it's a 2010. It's not a new car at all, but it's it's a hell of a lot newer than you know my previous diesel, which is you know you kind of poured the diesel in yourself, you know. <laughs> It was a, an old, old, you know, rotary pump diesel, not not one of these newfangled, fancy common rail, witchcrafty yes, types. Yes, yes. You know, so it's uh, to go from the, my Honda that I had previous to this, which was not fast, as yes, it was about 120 horsepower or something, and so a 1.6 petrol engine. So it was it was all right for what it was, but it wasn't particularly torquey or anything. And getting into this thing that's got like 400 newton meters and Shift. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. uh, it's, it's nice to have that that feeling of talk back again. Diesels used to be the preserve of the slow lane, didn't they? And mm. now, yeah. you know, you get chased down by Mercedes Sprinter vans in the fast lane. <laughs> I think, but I'm doing in, seventy, obviously. In fairness, they, they've usually had a run-up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, our um, estate car—that's a that's a, a Peugeot diesel. It's, it's a perfect tool for makers. Mm, you you yeah. can get a three meter length of picture frame molding in it and shut the boot, you know, the flap, whatever you call it. <laughs> flap. <laughs> it's a flap. It's not a door. It's a four door <laughs> car with a flap at the back. <laughs> not not calling it a door. And it's not a, it's not a tailgate, really. No, no. It's it's a single piece. It's not split. You know, it, it's 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 a flap. Yeah. <laughs> it's a butt flap. <laughs> yes. It looks like a larger version of the thing the cat would use to get out of the kitchen door. You know, it's exactly. Yeah, the I'm assuming it's a, it's a relatively modern version of the the same Peugeot two liter diesel engine. Uh, it's from two thousand and two. So um, ah, so it, it might be it might be the the in between from the the new fancy two liter. It might be the the next because I, I had the 405 diesel which is the their old nine super reliable so i'm i'm not uh there's a thing i've forgotten i i put i did an oil change recently because i thought i should and it takes a certain type of oil and newer ones with a with a dpf diesel particulate filter yeah that's it they take a different oil and I, I found it really hard to determine what engine I had in mind because when you typically when I buy something, it's always on the cusp. <laughs> it, it yeah. might have, it might not have. We don't really know. Take it to Peugeot and ask them to have a look. No, thank you, because that'll cost me three hundred pounds, and I'll be none the wiser after that. <laughs> so I put the, the deer stuff in anyway, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From what I understand, with with older diesel engines, as long as you've got some oil in it, that's close enough. Yes, it's it's either going to end up being burnt up or tipped onto your drive anyway. So. Yes. <laughs> well, my my son, um, he's he's eighteen. My son, he's been studying uh, auto mechanics at college. That's his interest. And he and I have done a fair few jobs on it because, very fortunately, one of the cars he's practiced on at college is a Peugeot three hundred seven Estate. 
<laughs> Good lad. Nice. <laughs> so I can step back after you, son. Uh, we um we took uh, one of the the many clogging up type devices off of it, and it was <laughs> sure enough ram jammed full of yucky clogged up diesel fume carbonized yeah it was it was black custard in there it was just revolting <laughs> <laughs> oh we, i know duncan is going to be absolutely <laughs> loving that thought we put the, the the obligatory blanking plate on it to, to cut this thing out of it's it's part of the emissions it's supposedly that the exhaust gases go back round again get reburnt so less goes out the back um, causing you to go slower and use more fuel which they, they probably work brilliantly when it's all brand new but obviously yeah. the yuck builds up and you're not it, it runs so much better now so much better yeah, it's much more responsive i'll get better miles per gallon etc so i'm using less fuel and you know it's a filthy diesel anyway so I, i'm the devil's yeah, advocate on that. Either way, yeah. it's not electric therefore it's i'm not going down that route <laughs> there'll be there'll be people go you can't do that um well they say don't they that the the more economical thing you can do is keep an old car running yes than buy a new car even if you're buying yes. an ev so. yes yes yeah 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 well, it's a perfectly good car i don't i don't have spare money to buy a new car um i'd really like an electric car i think they are hmm. They have a lot of merit, and they'll be really good in the future when the means of making them is less wasteful and the means of powering them doesn't involve burning fossil fuels. <laughs> and, we're, we're, and, we're, and they're running on supercapacitors, which charge instantly rather than yes. over a long period of time. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't do very high mileage. and The, the, the longest regular trip I do is, is a 30-mile trip up to say, see Mummy at the and use the framing studio that's but we don't go very far at all i i, I prefer not to drive now I, I don't like it um you know yeah I'm, I'm becoming less and less of a fan of driving i mean i i, I, I struggle with longer distances because of my yes. back but I, I even on short distances i don't i don't enjoy driving much anymore no so i don't really enjoy driving but that's that's exactly what I was going to say. I enjoy driving, but I'd quite like to remove the other drivers from the road when I do so. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah. This morning, driving driving out, I kind of I stopped driving. I'm going through um, the next village along, uh, kind of heading west, and I'm doing forty. It's it, there's a, there's a thirty, and then it moves into a forty. I'm doing forty, and the forty carries through to the next town, but we we're going to be sort of turning off, and it's. It's not the straight, it's straight in sections. And I've got this uh, Kashkai behind me, this and Kashkai behind me, 21 plate, who at times have been right up kind of close to me, um, even though there's kind of other track in front. A couple of times I had to break quite sort of harshly because they, you know, somebody would cut out or, you know, it was just the nature of just driving. Um, and he obviously didn't like that. And I was doing 40, yeah, in a 40 zone, you know, just nice and steady because I, I, I do try and now drive as steady as possible because it's just the best for fuel. And we get to this one bit where it's, and he decides to overtake. And there was no need for it. Yeah. 
it was just before a junction that I was turning right at as well, but I hadn't actually started to indicate at that point. And there was enough space to it. It, it was it was a relatively safe overtake on his part, um, but he didn't have as good a view as he perhaps could have done because the road was curving slightly to the left. And it's just like what? It's just why? But then he's going off down at yeah fifty plus down this forty zone. Just uh, just yeah. stuff like that frustrates me quite a lot nowadays. Yes. Um, it's, it's part of getting older, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I just, I, I used to enjoy driving. I mean, we're talking about the Peugeots. I, I, I've only, I've never owned a diesel, and the only diesel of the minibuses I've driven was actually a Peugeot three hundred six hatchback, which was the it wasn't the GTI, but it was the kind of the one just below the GTI that was kind of yeah. It was the diesel, a little bit sporty, but not sporty yeah, enough to have GTI on it. I can't remember the mark now, which I'd hired to go to a job interview because my car was just, my car was wrecked. I was, I was kind of almost in between cars. And it's just like, well, I need to go. I was in Dorset at the time and I needed to go to Somerset for this interview. So right, I need to hire a car. And it was just like, yeah, it was it's just lovely to drive. You actually can't probably one of the most high performance cars that i've actually driven um and it just yeah that was i mean i was much much younger this is many many moons ago and i did enjoy driving that car um but it was still idiots around i mean if, if I, I witnessed a crash i was uh actually no it wasn't the same car but it was, it was similar sort of time i'd been driving from dorset actually to cornwall to visit my dad and i'd taken kind of instead of going down through plymouth i'd gone over the top of the moors uh so over the top of dartmoor and i'd gone around this kind of i was dropping down uh to this guy it was the road between callington and liscard and i'd driven past this actually again a peugeot 306 uh that was parked in a lay-by and it, was, it i think it was the, possibly a gti and i've driven past it and then i kind of went and there's this there was this really kind of 90 degree bend to the left stonewall classic cornwall kind of your know, tree tunnel type thing and i've gone down there and there was this stretch after the bend which was about 200 yards 300 yards and i was at the end of that and the 306 the hatchback came round the same bend that I'd just been round a few seconds earlier on the wrong side of the road. Oops. Um, straight into a Nissan Micra Ooh. that had just been going the other way. And I it just it was just perfect timing. I was looking in my rear view mirror, just yeah, normal kind of observation type sort of stuff, and saw this 306 spinning mm. hit the I mean it didn't go straight into the nose of it. He obviously saw it coming and kind of tried it. So he clipped the three. The micro got pushed to the side of the road, a, a, a fair bit of damage, but the Peugeot span along the road, hitting the stone wall, lost the rear axle, yeah. so that separated, and the car came to a standstill, kind of yeah, halfway along this sort of two hundred yard section. 
uh, and the guy walked out. I mean, he walked out of the car. I mean, how? Oh. I don't. I don't know because he, yeah, he got out. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, I mean, there was no no serious injuries. Um, and that, I mean, that was a bit of a scary moment. There was kind of you know, a message on my mobile phone like, where were where was I? Because I, I was due to be at my dad's and my uh, what our fiance at the time was kind of also going to be there, but was going separate. And I hadn't appeared, and mm. it's like, mm. we, where are you? What's going on? I'm you know, on the phone to the police, trying to get and you know, get them sorting out. He got, was... dan- got done for dangerous driving. Yeah, good. It's not obviously we we get older. We we collect all this experience, and mm. we witness things mm. like that, and we get to learn by them. Now, I've had my own scary moments in cars. You know, who hasn't? If you haven't, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> not for my children, you must behave. And and obviously your children. Um but I I do like driving. We've got an MX five as well that Nick's car. Um and that's a lovely car to drive. And we'll go off down to the coast for some fish and chips with the seagulls and there's some lovely roads to, to drive along down there. But you can yeah. in the right sort of car you can have you don't have to break the speed limit. You just drive the road well, and that's that's yeah. where yeah. the places come from, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, oh, sorry, microphone. You don't have to be doing twice the speed limit. Yeah, or, or putting other people in danger by yeah, driving up there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, six feet away when you're doing forty miles an hour. Years ago, an, uh, an old friend who was a good speed freak. He said, oh, I know how to drive. Tell me to be safe. It's not you. It's mm. other people. Mm. Now, you might come upon a learner who's just passed their test, and they're not expecting you to come herring around the corner faster or, or to be in that position. Yeah. No matter how good you are at controlling your motor car, it's the events beyond your control that will be the problem. Absolutely. So, my, my, my dad had a um, quite a rough one on his motorbike. He, he's a... Uh, member of the Institute of Advanced Motorists, um, you know, he's an advanced rider and he was riding with um, a police friend of his. Uh, so, this, you know, two very, very skilled, very high level, uh, you know, of, of knowledge and experience on, on road use um, out on the motorbikes. And they, they happened across, uh, someone had pulled out, it was a midway through a bend and someone had pulled out of uh, like a driveway. That was on the bend mm. and they pulled out essentially into into their path and it was it was far enough away that they could um they, they went to account for it and to, to try and sort of scoot around and the, the chap in the car had, had kind of panicked and instead of reversing the car back into the drive he pulled further forward oh. and the only thing they could do at that point was just aim for the bonnet and you know, and, and it was a pretty brutal accident in the end. You know, yes. there, there were injuries. You know, there, there was a at least a broken leg and a broken collarbone. But fortunately, my, my dad was behind, um, so he'd sort of had a a little bit of additional time. But they they sort of crossed it over each other essentially. You know, mm-hmm. my dad ended up by his, his friend's bike, and his friend ended up by his bike. Um, but it, his friend came off worse. He'd, he'd hit it um you know initially you know he didn't have as much time to react as my dad did 
but um, it was one of those where the the guy who had recently been released from prison had no license or insurance and was driving his girlfriend's car. And it was it was just such an unfortunate set of circumstances where you know had it been someone who was probably a more experienced driver, they might pull back. It might not have been an accident or things like that. You know, because the the, the second the guy had, had realised that he'd just knocked a policeman off his bike as yeah. well, it was fortunately you know he, he was just like look, yeah, entirely entirely my fault. You know, he didn't mm. even bother trying to sort of get out of it. Not that he could have anyway, but it was. Uh, it was exactly proving that point of it being, you know, two incredibly skilled motorists that were just taken down by someone who was yes utterly inexperienced. You 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 can't do anything about circumstances other than react to them <laughs> and, yeah, and suffer the consequences of them. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've come off the bike twice. Once I think was my fault. Um, we'll leave that one. <laughs> Second time. <laughs> right. Second time, a couple of years ago, I was going out for, to the coast with my friend. He was on his motorbike and I was on mine. And we'd come to a, a T-junction to turn left. So we were stationary, well positioned. Um, we were wearing all the proper kit because you're an idiot if you don't. And Great. the next thing I know, I'm going up in the air because I've been hit from behind by a motorist who, in her own words, said, oh, my car leapt. <laughs> so she just rammed into my tire my rear tire which because i had a slight bit of left turn on on my handlebars cannoned my bike into the back of my friend's bike which pushed him over the dotted white line into the path of a lorry uh because uh, we, we both fell off um the lorry driver as you, you often do in these circumstances saw saw the scene develop in slow motion and was already on the brakes so he he stopped and avoided running my friend over, which would have been unpleasant. Yeah. Um, and we'd only been out for 20 minutes. Now, we were doing everything right, and there's I could not have done anything to prevent it. Yes. Now, I, yeah. I went up the air and landed on my side and got a bit of bruising. But rather annoyingly, the clutch pedal got snapped off of my bike and the, the plastic bearings got damaged. So it got written off. Which uh, I've still got it. <laughs> I'm repairing it. Um, but that, I've that was crikey four, five, six years ago. I'm looking at Nick. She's going. She's nodding about that. About six years ago, I still got. <laughs> still in the repairing phase. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah. But that that took me to learn another thing. You see, because how do you repair cracked motorcycle fairings? It's easy. You you make a V groove with a, a bit in your Dremel, and you put some some Lego bricks in some acetone so they dissolve and you use it as um, plastic glue. <laughs> Whereas now you don't even need to. You, you get a, a 20 pound 3D printing pen and, yes. and just fill the yes, cracks Yes, of course yourself. you can do it with that, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I've got a 3D, 3D print, a whole new set of fairings. Yeah. <laughs> You're ready That's in another six years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, oh. Do yeah. have a large format 3D printer? Yeah, yeah, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. So it's it's mostly done now. It it, it, it runs, but I having had a, a a mentally wobbly episode four years ago, which changed my life somewhat. Um, I was in no hurry to get back on a wobbly thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're dangerous enough. 
as it is because of circumstances and, and the unexpected. Mm. Um, I, was, I was in the um, the Megasons room having coffee uh, Discord. I was, I was sort of mentioned this morning. Somebody was saying they were looking at getting a bike, and I sort of just sort of chimed in. I I, I, I like bikes to a certain extent. I like the look. There's some beautiful in terms of kind of aesthetic. I think some bikes are far more beautiful than than cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's some lovely ones. And I, I like the idea of maybe like, it's not like the big adventure tourers, you know, the kind of, sort of big BMW uh, or kind of tri mm. triumph tourers with kind of you know, flight cases on the back and yeah, you know, going down Africa with you know, knobbly tires and that sort of thing. I quite like that kind of idea. But I've I've never I've, I've cycled. Um, I used to commute. I, I used to commute by bicycle thirty miles a day, uh, and. I, I wouldn't do that now I and mean, i can't but I, I wouldn't do that now but i've never i've never ridden a, a motorbike never been a pillion passenger never taken it because i going back to my dad actually he he was a biker i uh, learned to ride uh, possibly in the army i don't know but kind of yeah learned to ride quite young he enjoyed riding bike he did have he had a he had an accident he ended up sliding under an arctic um, yeah, hit some oil on a bend, and yeah, was very lucky. Yeah, bike went over on its side, slid under. Yeah, walked away. Yeah, nothing other than sort of you know, grey trousers and bruised ego. Yeah. Um, but he he want he looked to get a new bike. I don't know what the bike was. Yeah, whether it was a North North Triumph. But yeah, this again this is back in the fifties. And he kind of took this bike out, a 600cc bike, and which for the time was, yeah, that was a big was bike a big for the bike. time. Yeah, yes. yeah. But he second. kind of went, that's too, yeah, it was too big for him. And he, he said no. But his best mate did buy the same bike. His best mate took it out, thought, yeah, I love that, had it. A week later, my dad was working in the hospital cleaning him up so yeah. his parents could identify him. And he stopped riding and he always told me sort of growing up i heard that story so many times and he always told me if i ever had a bike if i ever bought a bike he would smash it however mm. old i was yeah he would smash it and so i never i never kind of got into motorbikes and i never yeah i've never ridden one and yeah it's, it's been dead 20 years now um so yeah, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing to stop me you know, having a midlife crisis and getting a bike other than my back <laughs> and not the available cash. But yeah, apart from those two minor little things, yeah, there's nothing <laughs> to stop me now. But I, I probably wouldn't. Uh, and partly it's because so many idiots on the road now. Yes. Mm. Or or I'm at that age where I'm noticing so many idiots on the yes. road. It, it, it been definitely. For so long. Riding a bike definitely teaches you to observe an awful lot more than we think we do when we're driving cars yeah. big time yeah yeah and it makes you a better car driver because of that because you mm. you you are looking further ahead i've i mean i've always you been very because of that things. i've always been very very careful around bikers i mean again mm. i've had like probably most car drivers i've had those sort of times when you've had a bike come up in your blind spot so quickly and all of a sudden you're you're, you're kind of you know I thought, yeah, you're just eating out to the right a little bit to see whether you can, yeah, you're looking to see whether it's safe to overtake a, a lorry in front. 
and you suddenly realize there's a bike alongside you because yeah. he's yeah, just zipped along the road at over the speed limit and come from nowhere. I've had situations like that. Um, he's right and, in your blind spot as well. Yeah, right in blind spot, and all of a sudden they're alongside you. It's just like, yeah. where did you come from? Well, uh, well I can. I, try and, I, always, I always move over. You know, yeah, where possible, kind of yeah, and I make a point of sort of making it almost obvious that I am moving over so that a biker can go past me. Mm. And mm. yeah, often yeah, oftentimes you'll get a little kind of wave of the hand because people recognise that you've made that. You've seen the point. Yeah, yeah. you've seen and them. That's, that's you've made the it clear, thing. and you've given them the space so they can stay safe. Yeah. And this is exactly it. Those is the, you know, we, we've just talked about um, you know car drivers that give car drivers a bad name. And it's absolutely true that there are bikers who give bikers a bad name, mm. you know, but it, it's, it's almost one of those things where you, it, it's much more obvious to see the problems. So when you've got a, a person on a powerful machine with a ridiculous power to weight ratio, mm. putting themselves in harm's way, um, it's very, very obvious when they're being an idiot. Yes. Perhaps less so when you've got a group of the, the the very common vehicles on the road, being you know huge lumps of steel containing people in nice safety bubbles and everything else that, that you maybe don't see when someone's not paid attention, you know, because they haven't fallen off and ended up in hospital. You know, it's it's very 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 apparent when a bike has been an idiot. Yes. But a lot less so when a car driver has. But yes. the downside being that when you know a car driver might be an idiot and it not cause any problem, or it might, you know, kill someone else. You can't fall off a car, can you? No, it's... Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are people who car surf, but that's a whole <laughs> problem in and of itself. Yeah, you, you might rattle around a bit inside the the, the metal box, but you know, you're going to, especially with a modern car and all the, the safety features, etc. Absolutely. But, I mean, you look now at some of the modern bikes have, you know, they've got ABS and stability control and traction control and all sorts of things built onto these bikes that's, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, they, they do it as much as they can to make it safer. And ultimately, it's a, a thing controlled by one of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good idea. That. <laughs> I mean, that's the argument for kind of automation of, of driving, isn't it? Yeah. If yes. All the human input, yeah, yes. and you've got cars that are, are networked together and are communicating with each other. You're the, the safe, the safety just improves. And the, yes, the number I will, I will happily take a breakdown of Asimov's three laws over continued reliance on humans to do stuff, mm, yes. <laughs> Which it, but as this, this. Hewlett Packard laptop proved a little while ago. <laughs> Sometimes they've had enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hot, isn't it? I mean, that's just laptops are not a fan of the heat. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt its bottom, and it you know felt all right. It's it, it's sitting on top of a very cool book. I've raised it up a bit. <laughs> Too cool book. Actually. It's it's sitting on top of Inside Out: A Personal History of Pink Floyd by Nick Mason. That that is at least a cool book. Yes. <laughs> Sat on top of the Book of the British Countryside by the AA, uh, 1977 edition. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Well, seven, might be 1979. I can't remember the legend. My, my granddad gave it oh. to me on a, on a birthday. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's the days when they kind of the AA still had their little boxes around and you had little keys so you can get yeah. in and make your phone call. And <laughs> I, think, I mean, I may still have one of those keys somewhere. Wow. That's before they decided they were an emergency service. Yeah. In, in fairness, none of the locks will probably work anymore. They'll just crumble if you try and use the key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're probably not wrong there. No. Yeah. Oh. Right. Charlie's not long got up from underneath me. He's keeping my feet warm. <laughs> it's 20, 23 degrees now. I think we're almost at the the lowest it's going back up tomorrow yeah, yeah I, I made the mistake of checking the uh the forecast because i'm i'm right in the midlands so it's uh yes you're under a red in the warning aren't you very much so yeah yeah and we're looking 36 tomorrow 37 tuesday Ooh. So i think I we're think just outside there. from just underneath this <laughs> yeah yeah we've We've got um, all the windows open. There's a nice breeze blowing through the lounge and the fans on. But we have a, a ceiling fan in the lounge as well, but uh, that's not on because that, that makes a noise. <laughs> makes a lot less noise now. I've tinkered with it, but it still makes a noise. <laughs> and, and still works as well after tinkering with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which is always a pleasure when you turn something back on. and Oh, <laughs> Well, it, it, it's, it, like I, I grew up with the you know the, the the adage of you know if it ain't broke don't fix it sort of thing yes and and it's now sort of become sort of evolved into if it isn't broke it clearly doesn't have enough features yet yes you know <laughs> it's sort of become the, the, the replacement yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got enough things that need fixing without finding things that don't need fixing <laughs> yeah the list of the list of jobs to do my youngest wants to decorate her room as well so at the moment it's just like okay we're going to decorate your room right let's make sure we do a proper job of it it's like right you've got quite a lot of hollow wall fixings on from various shelves that you've had and we've taken down and put up and we didn't have taken away but if we're going to decorate then probably should remove those so it's like okay well you know, plastic ones they're easy enough to sort of the, the, the uno type ones they're easy enough to kind of just drill out you know, just get eight or nine mil drill bit and mm -hmm. just kind of drill them and that's easy done but quite a few we've used quite a lot of i like the heavy duty metal ones that kind Screw of squash against box. the back mm. ah. yeah you kind of use a lot use a fitting to, mm. to pull yeah. fasten into place and then you kind of screw them up and they flatten and you take the screw back out and i they, yeah. they're, they're so good for kind of heavy duty things because pretty much all the walls in our house are 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 plasterboard ah, except yeah. it's the old gray stuff it was like oh i'm not getting these out. i was thinking right i can have to drill these out yeah that's gonna be a pain drilling metal against the wall whatever but i could do that so i look on youtube it's like same made suggestion if you just take the screw take the bolt stick it in thread it in and then give it a few gentle taps mm. with your hammer just repeatedly tap it you'll stretch the the thing back into the sort of tube and then you can just pull it out Ah. Oh, okay, I'll have a go at that. So, so <laughs> did the first did the first one, and the the place at the front that kind of holds it in the wall, which has little, little spikes in it, that's sheared off. Oh, oh okay, I'm gonna do that. Okay, it just fell down inside. Okay, well that that, that one done, nice little hole. 
And I like the second one. Oh, I better I'll, I'll tap it a bit more. And, yeah, just keep tapping it. <laughs> so, it's not quite. It's, it's almost there. But I bet if I just get the claw hammer just underneath the sort of screw and just give it a bit of a tug, it'll just pull through because it wasn't quite going. Right. right. So now I've got a hole about this. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, cross. You can reach in and pick up the glasses off. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite big enough for that. But it's just like oh. make it bigger. It's it's so much easier to just use a bigger. You know, use something like a hole saw. Well, just, yeah, just drill around it, that would poke it through, a good and idea then on that one. fill over the hole. Yeah, and that's what I might. That's what I might end up doing. I've got some spare plasterboard, but I've got new plasterboard, which is sort of gypsum plasterboard rather than the old grey sort of cement plasterboard. So I'm kind of I'm I'm hoping the size difference is okay because what I might do is just kind of yeah, get a probably a four inch hole saw, just take a section out put it in but yeah i have to put a piece of uh batten across the, the back no there's there's a trick to it with uh patching with plasterboard yeah if if you so say you want to put you know a two inch square hole in yeah um if you do something that's got say another two inch border all the way around that so you've got a six by six square yeah on the back side of it score it with a knife and then yeah. you snap so that you leave the two-inch square in the center. So you end up with basically a sheet of paper with a two-inch plug on the back. You cut your hole in, and then you just stick, you just glue that whole panel in place. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. See that? yeah. You don't need the backer yeah. on it. Then all you're doing is you just, you're just gluing a, a, essentially a big plaster over it, but it's just got the plug inside. Yeah. Okay. It fills the hole. Oh, would you put like on the kind of the plug that's going into the wall? Would you put a bit of just kind of filler, just to kind of create a yeah a seal, and then and then just sort of what PVA the yeah yeah whack it in. You'll never see that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's giggling going on in the room. I can't see beyond my glasses. That could be doing. Yes. Or knock your house down and build it out of bricks. Well, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I think we've only got one, two, two, two walls made of plasterboard. This is a, this house was built in 1922. It's mm. quite hard. Yeah, <laughs> mine's, of it. mine has no bricks at all. There are wow. no bricks in my house. Wow. At all. It's, yeah, I, steel frame, concrete tiles on the outside and, and insulated plasterboard on the inside. Yeah, it's it's a perfectly good way to build a house, I think. I never used yeah, to think that, but I'd, I do. I'd now. rather I'd rather have brick. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have brick. It's much easier to fix things, hmm. yeah, and deal with. Uh, I'm much you, easier you say to that, but it, it's been an absolute nightmare every time I've tried to put anything up on the walls here because this is this is from 1900-ish, um, and it's the, the particular brick that they used is is renowned in this area for just being horrifically tough. <laughs> oh, it's um, like an engineering brick. Yeah, but it's 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 its own thing known as Kettering brick. It's just okay. it's awful. Um, and I, I, when we had the loft on, I was the guys was was struggling with various bits and bobs, and I was explaining about the, when I'd gone to hang the uh, the wall mount for the TV, and um, absolutely going for it with the with the masonry bit, and then I noticed it was starting to move. I was like, oh, great, until I pulled the drill out and the, the bit had just got shorter. <laughs> no, it, it melted the end of the drill bit. Because <laughs> the, 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 the core of the brick was so hard, I had to switch to a, um, like a, a 
you know, sort of kilowatt STF. Yeah, yeah. Just to try and make it to throw. Yeah, the, tin the tinkerage is the tinkerage, although it's technically joined to house, wasn't originally done many in the other three parts of London. So essentially, it was, it was three separate rooms. Uh, and it, it's two separate rooms now. So we've got a utility room with toilet. Uh, originally, it was the outside loo, the outside toilet, the coal house, you know, the kind of place for storing your coal, and the scullery. So there was a little, there's a, a chimney on top, and there, there's, there's space for kind of the you know, water heater, the four power fired water heater, Belfast uh, sink, and it's where you do your laundry. And that's built from pretty tough engineering bricks. And when I first started trying to you know, fix things up for like the tinkerage and putting things onto the wall, ordinary masonry bits will don't don't work. And mm. I ended up investing in uh, I can't remember the, the particular model now, the model, but it, they were the the Bosch SDS. I already had SDS, but the, the SDS bits that I had weren't touching it. But I bought these Bosch really rather nice slightly expensive not stupidly but slightly expensive uh sds bits that actually just they they do they're not it's not like a knife through butter but it actually does work rather yeah. than kind of sitting there for five minutes with nothing <laughs> it's still cheaper than getting a man out think of it yes. that way oh <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. Absolutely and you, totally. you get some new shiny stuff as well so it, it's it's a win-win yeah, and 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 they, actually, I think sometimes with things like disposable, a lot of people often buy. And I, I, I've done this. Yeah, you buy sort of cheap, just because. Oh yeah, I'm just, I just I need to put a couple up and you say, buy cheap. But the advantage are like these these Bosch ones that yeah they, they've just lasted and lasted and lasted. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they've, if I had been able to use sort of the cheap ones, I'd probably have to replace them anyway. Oh yeah, and. Um, it's beneficial to the next generation because they get to inherit a load of really nice tools. <laughs> yeah, I find junk ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My kids are not going to thank me when I unless I've already sorted them out. It's uh, yeah. In fact, yeah, I get a bit of. I'd like to say ragging, but I don't think actually ragging is quite the right word uh, for the amount of junk and tools and stuff <laughs> I've got. Yeah, and, uh, we're, we're kind of going full circle back to the kind of the hoarding from the start. Yes, so, you, you never know when a tool is going to be useful. Yeah, well, there's that classic here. You know, it's uh, yeah, I've, I've I've used today that piece of wood that I I saved back in mm. 1983, and it's yeah, it's become <laughs> useful today. It's it's I, I'd rather have it and not need it than yeah need it and not have it. I mean, yeah, as for you, Andy, if if I want to, if I need to get a tool. That's an hour's round trip. Yeah. To go into town and, and visit Wix or, or Tool Station or, or any other. That, uh, that's an hour just of travel, pretty much. That's assuming you can find the item fairly quickly once you arrive at it and there isn't. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Oh, look, that one's on offer, but it's slightly more expensive, but it's a better one. Uh, yes. Shall I? Yeah. Those yes. sort of decision making. So it's in stock in that shop. Yeah. Or, yeah, you're going to go to the because there's two screw fixes in Ashford. He's like, uh, you go to the one, it's not in stock, so mm. then you try to see if it's in the other one. I've, I've got into the habit of, of checking now, so I it, it's no fun driving 
into town and they don't put these things where you can get to them you've got to go through town to get there and yeah it's got to be worth the effort isn't it i try i unless i need something on a particular day i'll, I'll either do now a couple of things here yeah, my wife works in ashford so she will pick something up so i might order it pay for it and then she picks it up on the yes. way home uh, if something's needed the same day and it can wait long enough for her to come home so, so yeah, maybe the next day or oh, a lot of the time now i'll just kind of go right i'm gonna order some stuff yes but it's like yeah i mean i i need to do a screw fix order at some point this week because obviously i need to buy some filler <laughs> um so i need to buy some filler uh there's quite a few things to kind of sort of do there so i'll actually probably buy a couple of different fillers so there's sort of uh we've got coving around in each of the rooms and although it's kind of sort of polystyrene coving over the time since it's gone up it's where there's joints yeah for the corners and yeah because the pieces the rooms are longer than the length of the pieces the pieces are only mm. two meters long so there's sort of joints every now and again so i need to kind of just get a, a little tool scrape those out and refill them because the, the acrylic cork that we use to put them up it's gone so i'll get a lightweight um filler for that and then i need to get some a bit heavier weight for the big holes in the thing so i'm, I'm probably just gonna buy some ready mix while i'm mixing stuff up and mm. i need to get some our bath our shower needs recorking so yeah i'm gonna have to get some fresh silicone and i'll probably get some silicone remover so it's actually going to get to a point there's probably enough things that i need to buy this week that i just get delivered yes and it saves me having to mix with people and yes. yeah save and, and the fuel Oh, yeah. exactly and, and yeah. the time required okay oh. the only the only problem is that i'll probably end up ordering you know there'll be a few things so there's a bit of wood filler i need i need to get a bit of wood filler for a couple of things and but then i'll probably kind of go oh look i'm i'm three or four pounds short but yeah it's <laughs> three or four pounds is going to cost me the fuel so i may as well just buy three or four pounds of something else which this will then fill to, up space to what you do in those situations you just add something like a weir screwdriver or a wear a mm. screwdriver bit, you know, something like that. That's it's a it's a good long term investment, but it's one of those things yeah. that if you're buying them one at a time, you just chuck it in with the order. Yeah. yeah. The, or you know, if you've if you've got a drill index, and you know, because like having the, I tend to use the Bosch multi construction um, TCT insert bits, so for um, masonry bits and things. So I've got the index. It's got the the four and a half, the five, the six, the seven, and the eight. So you just swap out the one that you've used the most. It's you yeah. know an extra one fifty or something for I'll, swapping I'll, out that I'll one see. bit for you know yeah. you get a good drill bit go back in. Yeah, my my drill. I've got a, uh, an Airbow drill index that I was given. It's kind of the case style. Once to open out that way, yeah. uh, I was given as a wedding present. It's, yeah, well over twenty years ago now. So whichever and, one you've used the, the most. The three, out, the three, the three, 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 four, four and a half, five have all been kind of replaced. But I tend to buy just buy the little packets of jobber bits. Yeah, just the HSS, well, that's why you're replacing steel. them. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of yeah. They're, they're, for what I do, they're they're enough most of the time. <laughs> all my drill bits but, live in a drawer. I've got no idea what yeah. size is what, so I have to measure them with calipers every time I get them out. <laughs> I can't see the numbers on them. It's too small. Well, I, I was about to say, I know they do write numbers on them, but I know they're, they're Yeah, but if it, particularly if the old Jacob's chuck with a kind of with a key, they often end up 
you it's chewed off yeah scratch to chewed up yeah, yeah. I, i've got the same i've got i've got a, a couple of tubs also as well as the drill index which is my reach for i've got a, a, a quite a big tub which is sort of masonry and the sds bits that i've got long sds bits which get stored in a, a, mm -hmm. a tube hanging up i've got a tub which is kind of full of masonry bits and the shorter sds and the spare chuck i've got a um kind of a standard hand chuck for uh, the sds as well as the sds mm -hmm. um, but then i've got another tub full of the cases of jobber bits and the assorted bits that i've acquired over the years yes i've i must have hundreds of draw bits <laughs> of all sorts of sizes this is, this is yeah, it's, if if you you know instead of spending three quid on a pack of ten drill bits that you're going to snap every time mm. you use one, you spend three quid on on a good bit. Like I've still got like um, seven mil Hellier three lobe uh, SDS bits. You know they're, they're two or three quid a piece, but I've still got that from like eight years ago. Yeah, and six and seven are like the most commonly used bits for stuff around the house because you, you're either yes. putting a, a an electrical one in so it's a it's a six mil bit you're putting a red plug in or you're putting a seven mil because you want to stick a shelf up so you, you've got the brown plugs it's just i use eight and eleven quite a lot because the, the eight is the size for the the blue you know model yeah. plugs and the 11 is the size for the grays. uh yeah. the, the steel the, the the hollow wall fittings if i'm mm. doing a job for somebody i often cost in a bit or, or yeah, relevant yeah. because you know should pay for it yeah <laughs> it's fair enough if it's something yeah. it's going to wear out or yeah, yeah. You're right if so you want to do a good job yeah. for someone you've got to cut yeah you don't want to be trying trying to go and i don't know if i've seen it i've had people come and do work and you kind of like you're using a worn out circular saw blade there which mm. is why that's burning yeah. Or you know jigsaw blades that are kind of bent and they're the cheapest ones rather than kind of uh, I, I buy Bosch jigsaw blades because they they yeah they do wear out and depending particularly if you're cutting something like engineered laminate something like that they they can wear out quite quickly but you know if you're just cutting most other materials if you pick the right bits with the right um, blades yeah they last so much longer. Yeah, do the job better, and, and yeah, what, you know, it's it's small beer compared to the rest of the job's value. Yeah, I, I did exactly this discussion with a, a friend of mine who's, um, you know, a, a day rate trader. You know, uh, not trader, uh, tradesperson. You know, he'll he'll do a kitchen or a bathroom or decking or painting or you know whatever whatever needed. He'll yeah, handyman, tradey type. Um. And we were both working on this job together. Uh, you know, I turned up with AEG stuff and wearer bits and things like that. And he's there with his set of Makita tools that, you know, serve him just as well as the AEG stuff serves me. And, and he's there with his box of um, box of 10 or 20 or 300 million or however many it is in the big box of number two posi drive DeWalt bits that he buys by the box on every job that he goes to, you know, and it's, it's just as he'd snapped his second or third one, I'm like, try this, 
and he put the screw in. And said, oh, bloody hell, that's that's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's, you buy a bit, and you buy them in singular bits. Yeah. Like, yeah, but they're, they're really expensive. Like, no, that's like two pounds sixty for that puzzle yeah. drive number two. You've snapped two or three of yours, and you're going to put another ten or twelve quid through on this job of of bits. And I I bought this one last year. You know, it's like this is there's no comparison there. You know, it's, it, just buy one and see how long it lasts. Yeah. You know, yes, it, you're going through bits because you you're snapping them because you're buying the cheapest. We are very box of bits. Yeah. Very much luckier now as as uh, consumers that there is a greater quality and a greater range of tools available to us. It's not yeah secretly hoarded by professionals. You know, it's it's there. We can go down the road and, and buy this stuff and see the reviews and, and see how other people have experienced Partially the advancing in technology. I saw so my mm. first electric, oh, my first cordless screwdriver, electric cordless screwdriver, was uh, a Wix yeah, drill driver. It, I mean, it was absolutely rubbish. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you buy the, for the same price now, you could buy one from all the, one of the Fenix ones. Mm. And it's considerably better. Yeah, even though it's kind of on the same price point, obviously, yeah, quite a few years difference. Yeah, or even just the even just the Wix zone, which is yeah, I, I think made by the same people who make Herbauer and all the others. It's not not high spec brand, but it's still got lithium ion batteries. It's still got high top motor. Yeah. You know, since it's, it's still got to function. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for the, for the light use that they get put through by the your average domestic user, they're perfectly good. Yeah. If you were trying to use it day in day out on a, a job site, you'd want something worthwhile that you knew you can trust and that you you can go and get a spare battery for when one dies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I've got a, a Dewalt drill driver, and it's it's it, it was still relatively cheap, about a hundred quid, and it's perfectly good, perfectly good to use it. A lot. I love it. It's, it still yeah, spins. It still makes holes. It still puts screws in. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've never spent more than 120 quid. Yeah. Most uh, my last one. I think my last one was 120. It might be 110. The Bosch I've got. But one before that was a Dewalt, which was 100 pounds, and the one before that was a Makita, which was 100 pounds with a lot of accessories as well. Yeah. yeah. Again, both the, those two, the Dewalt and the Makita, both came from B and Q, I think. Yeah, the kind of classic. You have the stack of them at the end of the aisle, mm. on off. Yeah, on kind of off. Uh, they're, they're not quite the same spec as the yeah, the equivalent looking one because there's there's those little variations in spec. But B and Q are buying them. At, yeah, they're buying a hundred thousand of them. Yes. Um, so they're getting a kind of slightly different spec. Maybe not quite so good as the yeah ones that maybe a professional might buy. But yeah, again, per, more than adequate. I thrashed both of them over the years. Yeah, multiple big jobs, kitchens. Uh, yeah, probably would only last six years, six months rather, if in the hands of somebody working day in day out. But yeah, they lasted ten years apiece, near enough for me. We're, um, we're looking after these things as well, you know, because yeah. they represent a fair chunk of cash to us. We're going to yeah. to make sure that they don't just break. Oh, I was taught to look after my tools and to respect them. So I do. Yeah. I, I, I don't throw my clamps off my workbench, for instance. 
uh, Mr. Pachuto. I, 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 I horrify. It's it's funny to watch, but it, it horrifies me. <laughs> Plus, I, there isn't room in my shed to do that. If you try and throw it past the table, saw so you've hit the wall. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Bounces back. Yes, and Andy's had the pleasure. It's it's different now in my shed, but it's it's not a big space, is it? No, it's, no, but it's well organised. You've got and you've got a lot of stuff in there. I mean, you've got. You've got, or you had when I visited, you, you know, table saw in the middle, and you got a laser as well. Yeah, and CNC's in there as well yeah. now. <laughs> it's, there's, you, you, you have to be thin to come into my shed. <laughs> there's no room to manoeuvre. It's, it's, I'll just stand outside the door then. Yeah, you can reach in. You can reach in and open the window at the far side. <laughs> it's like that. And that's the way it is. Yes, <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah, it, it's compact. Yeah, I just wanted you. to also clarify, yeah. given that we're both talking here about uh, you know kind of well organised small spaces, just to just to sort of clarify for any of the visual listeners, you you two aren't actually related or separated at birth or anything. <laughs> Not that we know of. Yeah. Okay. Well I don't I don't no. think I don't think we're genetically related because yeah, you know, I mean, as, as people who are watching can see Kelly has a far superior mustache. To, to <laughs> I can't I can't this is a, the, as good as it gets and um, yes, it's um, scraggly but it's, yeah you've got a magnificent right. mustache. Hey. I mean we've all seen the film Twins, you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Arnold character I guess <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to, you know, cast aspersions, but you know. No, I've, I've got um, uh, Scottish heritage, uh, not Welsh. Although I was, I was born in Kent, in Farnborough, outside of Bromley, Orpington. Uh, but grand, great grandparents were Scottish. I think I don't know a great deal about them, to be honest. Uh, although I do have a, a fantastic photograph of my great granddad who was known as little granddad because he was short simple uh, and uh i've got a picture of him standing very proudly hands on hips i'll, I'll share it again i've shared it before i think uh, standing in front of uh, an omnibus a horse-drawn bus effectively mm. with some fantastic signage uh, uh, in catford southeast london and he worked for the first time-tabled bus service in London. Uh, the company's name escapes yeah. me at the moment. I forget it every time I need to remember it. Um, so I've got, I've got this. It's black and white photograph. He's got a straw boater on, and he's got a fantastic moustache, as have his fellows around him. It's a real Edwardian, I think. It's a real Edwardian pose. But what blows my mind is when I was a small boy, I sat on that man's knee in his parlour. And you look at this photograph and you think, this, this can't be true. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's some sort of time distortion has happened. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, you're getting old. Just... Yeah, I, I've no idea how old he was. <laughs> that would have been the early 70s, I'm, I'm guessing, when I, I sat on his knee. It's it's just... Fair, oh yeah. History. Yeah, Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. Yeah, I think that the surname Sands is, is, is Irish, I think. Um, and I think there might have been an Irish connection on my father's side, but again, it's not something I know about. Uh, my sister is doing the 
the research. So I'll wait for her to finish. Mm. And I can tell one related to the Queen. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Unlike I, I think we've all got some kind of loose connection to Genghis Khan somehow. Yes. Yes. Uh, among others. <laughs> yes. He fathered half of the known world or something crazy, didn't he? <laughs> something like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I well, don't we'll have... get... We're getting, on, getting close to uh, to midnight, and uh, is it really? Goodness me! Yeah, so yeah, you already weren't going to be able to talk for very long. I told you, people, you get generally go. Oh, I don't know if I can talk for very long. We'll end up talking. Here. So we probably should uh, get to that point where we kind of talk about our uh, things that have been grabbing our attention. Yeah, lately, whether that's things that we've been watching, reading um, on TV, YouTube, whether it's jobs that we've done, jobs we're about to do, projects. It doesn't really matter. Got a list. Oh, he's got a list, <laughs> and he's ready. So right, yeah. If Fire I I'd away, have, I'd have forgotten. That's <laughs> why. Um. Well, all right. I'll I'll start if you like. The, an attention yeah. grabber of of um, a couple of weeks ago. It was a very convoluted path here. Uh, I live not too far from uh, Headcorn, which has a, an air show every year. And uh, I noticed that the red arrows were due to appear on the Friday, hmm. which is always a treat, having seen them at first, I think, 73 or 74 on the island of uh, Guernsey. Uh, my first experience. They were flying the Folland Gnat then. Well, now it's the Hawk, isn't it, I think? Yes. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, was, I just happened to be in the kitchen where my uh, Mac workstation is uh, at the moment. And... Um, my ear is always well tuned to the sounds of approaching aircraft. Because there, there's off. There's a particular. There's a Harvard, a bright yellow Harvard, yep. um, or T six Texan, is what we called it. I think. Um, yeah, there's a few. There's got the Spitfires as well that fly yes. over the corn. Yes, which again, very distinctive sound. They come over my place. Yes, very regularly at this time of year. A Harvard is is a, a radial, multi-cylinder radial, yep. which has its own beautiful thump thump thump. Uh, that was over today, actually. Anyway, so there I'm sitting there, and obviously if a jet's approaching, you don't get much notice. Mm. And I am well known for leaping out of my chair and going, oh, and rushing outside <laughs> in my perceived direction of importance to, to witness whatever goes across. And sure enough, coming straight towards me at a, a relatively low level was a singular red arrow. And mm. as he approached me, I'm standing in the middle of the garden going, hello. And whether by design or reaction, he just just did that as he flew, just a little tip, like a, oh, like a nod, which he, he'd probably just missed his yoke or whatever, you know, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so uh, I thought, you know what? I want to build a model of one of those. I'm going to get an Airfix kit. So I read the reviews of, of the Airfix kit and bought one from Revel <laughs> instead. <laughs> <laughs> It looked like a better kit. Anyway, so uh, that arrived in the post. And I haven't, that was a couple of weeks back. Uh, now, I've, I've yet to start it because I actually reaches for prop, pulled my finger <laughs> out. And again, years ago, I, I, years ago, I bought this. Uh, it was an AMT, uh, who were once linked with Matchbox, uh, an AMT kit of a 1927 Ford Model T. Fantastic. So that's that kind of lashed together with various glues um i've, I've still got uh, an old cassette tape box you know vinyl covered boxes you may remember full of uh little tinlets of humble enamel paints and 
and even a, a, a tin of Tamiya paint with a Beatties model shop sticker on it. Oh, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. From Lewisham. Just, Lewisham branch. Yeah. There was one in, in Liverpool that I used to uh, enjoy going into. That might have been one of the first because they started up up in the north, I think. Mm, I've read their history because I wanted to know when they closed down. And it, uh, it was a little while ago. Yeah, so that that's I used to make models day in, day out when I was small. I, I, I started when I was six-ish, maybe, under the supervision of my father. Um, he came home once with some clear plastic bags with parts for vintage cars. They may have been airfix. I I don't remember. Um, and he'd sit Quite there. Quite likely, because certainly back then there weren't that many companies. No, there, there were very few. It had a cardboard header um, stapled onto a plastic bag of bits. That's, <laughs> I can remember that. Um, and I progressed to watching him make a, a 172-scale Hercules transport aircraft. And uh, particularly notable because it came with a, a, a widgy little 172 scale Land Rover. Um, and dad being dad and a lettering artist as well, he did, did many things. He ticked in the number plate with a brush, you know. Nice. <laughs> Three sable squirrel hairs on this brush, licked to a fine point and dipped in. And, um, and after that, I, I remember getting, uh, again, 172 scale, my preferred scale, a Mustang P51D. Uh, with the name Dooley Bird on it, which I think was probably a Matchbox kit. I think it was Matchbox. And at the period where they were doing some interestingly coloured plastics, uh, it was the 70s when they these were produced. This was late, late 70s I was making this. And uh, painting with enamel paints, because there was no alternative back then, mm -hmm. making the whole of the house smell bad and getting painted yeah. with it and, and dropping it on the carpet in my bedroom. Yeah. Teddy bear... <laughs> fur carpet <laughs> and it wouldn't come off it didn't come off now i made so many airplane models and, and tanks and, and 125th 24th scale cars so many of them some of which i think quite possibly might still exist at, at, uh, at a children's house um <laughs> possibly unless adams made them i said he could i'm not precious uh, so I, yeah I, I picked up this uh um hawk Red Arrow's Hawk. Nick said, what about the, the other eight? <laughs> <laughs> Make one. One at Make a time. <laughs> yeah. But even even this thing, it's 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 put together the old school way. There are there are no effects, no extra parts. It's brush painted with, with water-based gloss black, which is remarkably good, I have to say. And certainly not smelly. Uh, I would I've just just having fun uh, making it just having fun and it's not made very well but i'm i'm enjoying the old school process without getting bogged down with photo etched parts or resin extras or or adding mm. bits that don't exist i've not wired the engine for instance which was something i used to do with, <laughs> with, with the cars i used to build and it's just just been fun to do it i, I can't see very well you know i've got like your tinkerage logo andy i often put another pair of glasses on to, to give some extra vision so I can see these fine parts. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the clock repairer on the repair shop. They're quite low on his forehead, so he just kind of drops them down. It's yes. Like, I really quite like that idea yes. of you know, having that extra sort of set that you can just 
It's really handy. Well, you almost want it was just, you almost want them built into the one headset, so they like you get slip up sunglasses. Yes. Yeah, so you, you can you can buy magnifiers to do that. They tend to be smaller than the, the so you you get yeah. kind of a smaller area. But I like the idea of yeah, almost a full size. These these yeah. fantastic glasses here, which I've had for about three days now, four days. Um, I had their predecessors, same frame, but I broke them. They, I'm forever putting them up on my head, and because they fall off, and they fall yeah. on the floor and they get scratched. Anyway. One fall too many, and the the spring in the arm snapped. So they became redundant. Hence the need to get some more. Uh, but the nice big lenses like this. So I'm going to make a clip so I can clip them on on top of these. To give me, I, I'm not going to bother with a flip up hmm. because then I'll have to learn how to do more things in Fusion 360, <laughs> <laughs> 3D print the mechanism, and I've got enough to do. So no, just just clip them on with a simple clip. Or some double-sided tape or something. <laughs> because Velcro. Whatever, yeah, yeah, even, whatever it takes, just, just to make, make it simple. So I can see and I can build myself a nice representation of one of the uh, uh, Red Arrow aircraft. Um, and then mount it in a, a box frame with a mirrored base, perhaps, and put it on the wall. And it, you can't see them from here. Let me Let me tilt this camera just a little if we you might just be able to see yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's made they're made of paper that's uh, uh obviously an airship and flapping about in the wind and quite camouflaged in fact is a v1 rocket a doodle bug that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they're made of paper i like paper modeling too because it's it's quiet uh, and, and I can do it in front of the, the TV. And Nick, Nick sits here spinning yarn or, or knitting or crocheting, and I can do some modelling, which is it's nice to indulge in a hobby and, and be allowed to do it in the lounge. <laughs> I don't need permission for anything. That's need to make that clear. I'm not. Uh, she's giggling. I, um, I don't have to ask permission. <laughs> and you're not going to wake the neighbours up with it either. That's the other no. Thing. Oh, Audrey, yeah. bless her next door. She she won't hear a thing. She's very good. <laughs> Even if I'm down in the shed, that's that's so well insulated now that I can run the the um, the CNC down there, and, and with the vacuum on. The vacuum is the worst element because of that high pitched wine that they have. Yeah. Um, you can shut the door, and you can you can hear it, but it's certainly not unpleasant or intrusive. It's it's no more than the ambient sound of a day um, especially here where we've got tractors plundering up and down the lane <laughs> day in day out you know so it's and, and we're not too far from the, the main road to the coast as well so that's the sound of sirens racing backwards and forwards frequently <laughs> far too frequently and um, motorbikes yeah recall back. yes yeah yes yeah, sunday sunday mornings normally somewhere between kind of sort of nine and ten thirty through the village there'll be motorbikes doing 60 or 70 through the 50 yes. mile hour zone yeah it's just all high pitched all kind of your big bikes yeah those japanese four pots curse them mm. <laughs> <laughs> mine's mine's a 650 um twin so it's it's a lovely lovely sound it's yeah it's a lovely it's not high revving racy squeaky bee in a tin can kind of noise it's it's thumpity 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 it's it's much nicer yeah we got this what, what brand are we talking? 
It, it's a, a Suzuki SV650S, if you want the full name. Yeah, it's going to be Suzuki or Yamaha, I think. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a family down the the end who are into sort of bikes, um, like, and they've got a, a, quite a selection. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple of Harleys amongst it, so you got look at that throbbing sound as they sort yeah. of drive past. Potato, 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 isn't yeah. it? That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's how I've you heard kind of, it described. You kind of feel it rather than yeah. hear it. Yeah. Yes, it's moving a lot of air. Every movement of that cylinder, the cylinders are moving a huge amounts of air. <laughs> oh. Maybe one day. I'd, I'd like to get a, not that, I, I should get rid of that really and let someone else take it on. It's, it's still a perfectly usable bike and they, they have mm. a following. Something smaller, old and British, something leaky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my father's father, whom I never met, he worked for a short time i think he was a machinist i think and he worked um at the bsa factory in woolwich building bikes oh, in the 50s uh, so maybe something that he could have built although it'll most likely have been rebuilt and rebuilt more more than once since but possibly something yeah hey, nice get a garage find yeah you get a garage find that hasn't been taken out in 50 years you might be good yeah yeah, they're bound to be out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dear old Henry Cole and his chums seem to unearth a, a, a dozen or so every week on their their um, shed and buried, don't they? Like that, that made to mind that the, um, the 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 handyman guy had a, a BSA Bantam. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, something it's small, isn't it? It's yeah, a nice little bike. Yeah, everything's backwards on it. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's um. All the electrics are on the negative float as well, so makes and any kind of diagnostics are all backwards and mm. and wrong. Uh, and I think that the gear and rear brake and yeah, the gears and the rear brake I think are switched, so the feet are backwards. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's yeah, things you learn fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. first, <laughs> no, that's not yeah. right. <laughs> Standardizations spoil so many things, I think. <laughs> the, the, the mysteries of, of changing brands of, of motorbike or, or, or television. Every, you intuitively know now with the modern thing that that gadget, that switch, because of where it is, it's going to pretty much do this. And mm -hmm. it does. And the lights come on or the sunroof opens. You know, and on the same side now yeah because so, we've got we've got a ford c-max and we've got a nissan duke wiper arm are both on the right hand side of the wheel yep that's fine the c-max you push up to the various stages of wiping you know, intermittent <laughs> slow the duke you push down ah so the number of times you kind of go okay and, and every car i've ever driven has always had on the right I oh, know I did have one where it was the, everything was the other way around. Um, can't remember what that was now. Might have been a Mitsubishi, uh, but the every car I've ever had be on the right hand side, and you, you progressively move up to go through from mm. you know, intermittent, slow, fast. Not the Duke. Up just gives you that initial pulse, and then you kind of go, oh right, okay, oh yeah, it's the other way around, isn't it? And you have to kind of move down through. <laughs> I can't remember what mine is now. Because I've got a Mitsubishi, but we've also got the Honda. 
It might not be. It might not be the Mitsubishi that I had, but I certainly had a car at one point. The things were on the other other way around. Well, yeah, mine 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 have all been on the right for the for the wipers, but I can't remember whether mine are up or down to make them Mm. do the things. Hmm. The car I learnt to drive in. If you wanted to wash the windscreen, you pressed the pedal on the floor to pump the water. Did it have the, the windy thing on the front to get it started? No, <laughs> it was a, a 19 DVB 732J. It was a Mark II 1600 Super Cortina. There we go. Yeah. So it's a manual choke. Yes, yeah, manual choke, yeah, yeah. yeah choke. Do, you have the, do you have the foot-mounted um, high beam as well? High beam oh, switch. It might have done. It might have done. I don't remember. It's been a while ago. It's certainly the era to have that. Yeah, yeah, that was, I'm not sure. I do know, though, that when you go from the back seat to the front in a Hillman Hunter, you will bash your face on the choke lever. I do know that. (laughs) (laughs) That happened in the Isle of Wight, actually, when I was small. We'd borrowed it, borrowed the car when we got to the island. I said when you were small there, because I was just going to say, perhaps we shouldn't. Go that story, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't a Hillman Hunter. No, I got hit in the head by a golf ball on that holiday as well. <laughs> I mean, but you're not cool. selling the Isle of Wight to me. <laughs> not <that's> dangerous. <laughs> yeah, seventies cars will try and kill you. And golfists curse them all. <laughs> I did try golf once. I, I can legitimately put it down as a waste of time because I tried it. It's not like I'm disliking it from a distance. <laughs> what a waste of time. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never played a round of golf. I've been on a driving range three times, I think. And Winston, yeah, that was a waste of time. I've, Winston I've Churchill really said, a good walk wasted. He was quite right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, if you want to wear a Pringle jumper, that's the place to be. So carry on if that's your thing. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. It's it's a peculiar interest. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not a, I'm not sporting. So yeah. apart from snooker, you can play snooker and drink beer. So that's obviously a win, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah or darts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Um, up at uh, Mum's house, um, Dad built. Um, uh, I had built a room in the garden to to house a full size snooker table. It was nice his desire for many years to to have a full-size table of his own so he, he saved his pennies and had this this room built as l-shaped so um, uh, fortunately the um, all his picture framing stuff lived in there and and uh, which I, I still use and and a snooker table full-size snooker table it's fantastic. fantastic yeah and uh that was crikey that's been there 20 years now um and in all the time that there was, there's no longer a snooker table there. It's now Mum's Art Club. Um, in all the time that that table was used and, and played on by very many people, the highest break will forever remain at 32. <laughs> 32. <laughs> it's a hard game. Yeah, 32, yes. But a, a lot of fun was had on that table. Yeah, an awful lot of fun. But, uh, my My daughter was... Uh, just a few months old when, when my dad held his first ever charity tournament 
uh, at the potting shed, as it was somewhat obviously called. Um, and he, he made a trophy from a section of tree that he had to cut down in order to build, have the building put there. Uh, a nice, nice section of tree. It's, it's split as it's dried. It's split. And it's mounted on a on a base, and uh, it's it's thing of beauty. It still lives down there, and that was handed to to. Uh, I think he held two charity tournaments there. You, know, you, you paid to enter, and if you won, you got this bit of wood. <laughs> but it, it was great fun, and, and it was played as doubles, so you entered as a, as a team of two. Uh, my my daughter was yeah just a few months old in the first one, and I remember being there. Dad had built tiered seating for for visitors to watch. But the the uh, it might have been the final. I can't remember. Anyway. And so I had Emily, and I had her up on. I was holding her up like that, and I was just doing the baby things you do, throwing her up, and threw her up a little too far into the ceiling fan above the crowd. <laughs> tink, 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 off of her head, bless her. <laughs> she's all right. She's probably she's gone. To, I hope she's gone to bed by now. She's got her starting work tomorrow. She's got uh, two months worth of internship at, at Monocle in London. She's uh, been studying. Radio and audio broadcasting oh, at awesome. college. Yeah, so she's um, doing her first, as we'd call it, work experience. But she's being paid, so she's going up there to cool. um, be behind the, the scenes at a broadcast station. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go on, Emily, if you're... Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be up. Yeah, so uh, she's greatly looking forward to that. Um, I don't know where she gets her public facing confidence from <laughs> never used to be me i i wouldn't have said boo to a goose years ago uh, my my dear friend uh, craig who ran a disco business he's um i was one of 20 djs that worked for him in, in the, the in the in the south of the country really we traveled a lot uh a lot of us did worked at a, a pub did, did entertainment at a pub in bexley heath at the frontier post for anyone listening and there was a comedy night on mondays and they wanted a, a bit of a compare and craig said oh kelly will do that and fortunately there was a, a, a rear bar that was unused for the comedy nights uh, it was uh, cordoned off and he put me around there with a, a small deck and a microphone and he said just talk to that pillar that's your audience and here's here's the information you need, and, and so I did. I, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Frontier Post uh, for Comedy Night on a Monday. And our first act up today is is because uh, I can't remember their names. And I did that, and I, I learned the physicality of doing it, and and how to project my voice better, and and what knob did what on the mixer, and, and not long after that, I joined a mate of mine with a DJ slot. In front of the people playing records on actual turntables back then and we did a jazz night as well on a wednesdays and it was it suddenly became fun and, and craig got me out djing in front of people on my own and it was terrifying <laughs> and great fun and, and yeah but once you've done it once you once you go over that original fear yes these things become easier yes mm. you know you, you find a fixed point in your, in your view and you play to that point or one person yeah you can't possibly interact with with everybody there on a personal level so you, you just pick a light fitting or, or a door or something and, and 
the rest of the room just blurs away and provided that mm. you're getting a good reaction from the, the music you're playing it's it's all jolly fun really you know? I, I think the biggest crowd i had was about two thousand people for one of canon uk's christmas parties up in london somewhere oh, wow and as i'm looking i'm wearing dinner suit that was our our, our uniform always dinner suit and a, a dicky bow always looked smart and presentable and the kit was immaculate and we never we weren't allowed to smoke or drink uh, whilst we worked so we were always on the button and i look up and i think there's two thousand people out there and they're they're wiggling around to everything i do <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah absolutely ridiculous it's it's not a power it's certainly not a power it's you are spinning plates mm. Yeah. And each, each one of those plates is a couple of minutes long and you've got to work out what plate's coming next. <laughs> find it. We're on CDs at this point now. Find, find it. Put it on. Cue it up. Do some wiki, wiki, wiki if you want to. And, and <laughs> watch what happens. Dancing Queen. Oh, play Dancing Queen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't... I haven't got... Shuffleable MP3 playlists now. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. my friend Simon, he's, he's a, a DJ now and he, he runs his off a laptop with some... Mm software that i just didn't understand it's it, four channel um four channels at once you can intermix between all four of them and take bits of this and bits of that and <laughs> it's very clever stuff yes it's very clever very yeah i've clever. seen i've seen it done off an ipad as well mm. yes and his, his thing he's got a lighting controller oh, it's just mind-blowing but it takes away a little from the physicality of, of putting some vinyl on a on an SL twelve ten. Yeah, it also takes away from that physicality of having to carry flight cases full of vinyl in and out. Yes, we also we had a sound system as well. Craig had a sound system, and um, the Deaf Man Corporation. It was D E F Deaf Man Corporation, and uh, we do put sound six a six K sound system on a riverboat on the Thames. Um, and DJs would come in and, and play some some cracking dance music back then, and you, you'd have to wear ear defenders. I'd, I'd be watching the, the the stack of amps. You know, it was nineteen inch rack full of amplifiers mm -hmm. and other gadgets and equalizers and all sorts of wizardry. And just don't don't let it clip. Don't let it clip. Just not if it clips. <laughs> and yeah, it was there'd be six of us to get this gear on. And these these particular events on the boats, they didn't start till eight o'clock at night. So we'd be up there at one of the piers at six, loading stuff on, setting it up, sound checking, and then it'd be it'd be boom, boom, boom down the river until six in the morning when it would dock. And the tide would be out. And you're you're suddenly twenty feet below the embankment and you've got to get all these big heavy boxes back up the ramp. <laughs> Thousands of pounds worth of, of kit. And you're all tired and it's heavy and you've been unintentionally inhaling interesting smoke throughout the night yeah. and, and and then it would all go into the back of the transit and the two smallest people would lay on the top of the gear and we'd drive it home you know? <laughs> <laughs> and from, from experience i know that 18 inch cabs are not light or easy to carry <laughs> we we had a, a set of speakers that were lovingly called the mothers and yeah. they, I think they were X Radio One Roadshow kit. Mm. And originally they were the cuboid shape. They had four 18 inch Gauss drivers in them. 
and it it, it took for you to lift this. Thing. Yeah, I <laughs> bet they got Craig splitting down to make two cabinets out, out of each one. Um, I mean, they're still silly heavy, but you know they're 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 big black boxes of, of black painted plywood and and with yeah. mid range and the, up to the the tiny little horns at the top of the stack, mm. all secured with a, a whopping great cable strap around it, <laughs> <A> ratchet strap. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, he, he's got a photograph up on his Instagram. That, uh, still got a lot of this stuff. His, his son, who's an, an audio engineer now, runs it. Um, it's a wall. It is a wall. Mm. It, it looks like the, the stack of marshals at a deep purple gig from the, the early 70s. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Nobody wants it, but it looks impressive. You know? Well, yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is you know now you can replace it all with a little bow set. Yes, know, yes. It's yeah. I mean, my uncle sounds a, better. A, that's, 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 that's arguable. But yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, the, yeah my, my uncle runs a um, an AV company up in Liverpool, and you know he's he's putting in like twenty k line arrays and things like that into place. It's just Colossal, you know, I, I, running around helping my dad doing, you know, his old PA kit, like mm -hmm. PB Hisis twos with base cabs and stuff. And they're, they're just big, heavy lumps and big yeah. steel poles separating the tops and the bottoms and stuff. It's just, it's ridiculous. And then you see someone just kind of float in with a, you know, microphone, a, a little, you know, kind of for you, nineteen-inch rack mount to house the, you know, the, the twin disc player or whatever, and yes. you know, plug into the little little bows highs and you know it's they, they just kind of bring it all in on a, on a little trolley after you've yeah. just been lugging this base yeah. cabin and, <laughs> and I, yeah even back back then when I, we had um twin den and cd decks and, and when i was doing lots of stuff craig um i had more than one gig on hms belfast moored in london and whilst we had they called them skateboards, uh, uh, plier trolleys with, with casters on, so you could strap all the gear down and, and push it. You can't do that across the deck of a battleship because they've got no. little plate separators and joins that are a couple of inches high, so you'd have to stop, try and tip the whole stack and get over the top and push it down the deck, and, of course, the deck's also curved, so you couldn't let go of it because <laughs> it would be off. <laughs> You're running towards the gunnels, go, I don't want to lose this. But that, was a, that was a fun venue. I remember doing an 18th with with Craig when I was his roadie, uh, an 18th birthday party in one of the one of the rooms. Of course, they're not designed for discos, and there's an awful lot of pipe work going through the ceilings, and they're metal boxes. So you've got 50 to 100 teenage kids all jumping about, sweat dripping off the ceiling, literally dripping off as it's condensing. <laughs> Low ceilings and pipe. Craig puts jump around by the house of pain on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, good fun though. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. So so many. Even um, he got a lot of corporate work, uh, including we did Walt Disney's Christmas party one year in London, uh, in the Natural History Museum, in the main <laughs> hall, the entrance hall. So you've got cool. um, Dippy. I think is it called Dippy? The the it's a Diplodocus, isn't it? In the entrance hall, I think. So it's a big. Probably been a while. Load of bones on, on a wire armature, anyway. And so I, I had to climb up amongst that to put lighting in. I was doing the lighting on this gig. And <laughs> go up in the, the um, 
the balcony that goes around the next floor, putting spotlights down onto tables whilst the other guys were setting up the sound system and a dry ice machine. And the public were being ushered out now at this point that we're setting up ready for the party. And I needed to go to the loo. So I, I walked off to the toilet and I'm standing there and I'm, look, there's someone standing next to me. He looks familiar. Oh, it was Adam Faith. All the younger people are going, who's that? It was a 60s <laughs> pop, star, pop icon. Yeah, Adam Faith standing next to me in the toilet. Just sort of looked at him, grinned, <laughs> and, and went back out. Yeah. So we did a bit of a disco set uh, that night um, before and after Mud played on the stage. The old glam rock band, Tiger Feet, is their, their hit, wasn't it? That was it. So they did that for 15 yeah. times because <laughs> no one knew anything else. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just. There are many, many interesting discos, uh, uh, corporate events and places working at the Lanesborough um, on Hyde Park Corner, which is a fantastic hotel um, sort of place where it costs 20k a night to rent a suite. You know, it's they let me in there. <laughs> He's got a dinner suit. He must be all right. Came from macro. And, <laughs> and uh, Mandarin Oriental just around the corner and, and a whole variety of, of uh, nice weddings uh, in lovely houses uh, around the country. That's, that was a good experience. Nice. Was, yeah. That began. Let's <laughs> see, <laughs> what's next on your list? With, uh, yeah, um, back to circle back to modeling, actually. Um, somebody I've just started watching on YouTube is Boily Hobby Time. I'll spell Boily, B O Y L E I. Uh, he makes uh, sort of Wild West models uh, town models but they're futuristic um, it's it's not steampunk but it's it's kind of like that it's uh, one of the un other punk generations yeah yeah um cowboy punk i know <laughs> he um <laughs> the first thing i saw him do was he took two airship models and used them as as the balloons fixed above a a, a submarine some sort of futuristic nice. yeah fantastic and he, he weathers them all and details them and, and uses all the the greeblies from other kits to kit bash bits together and they're really really quite fun mm. he's, he's building himself a wild west set now that was that was good go and check him out on youtube if you like model making and, and painting mm. yeah and um the other thing actually that has caught me visually and and, and hourly is we've been watching the new Ms. Marvel series. Uh -huh. Started watching that this afternoon. Ah, looking forward to it. It's the best thing Marvel have done yet, I think. Fantastic to hear that. And Ms. Marvel is you know, like Pakistani, I think. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah Pakistan. So the, the music is inspired by the music of Pakistan and, and India. It's, it's, it's really good. And even the titles are, are amazing. The, the, there are street I, scenes with animated graffiti on the walls. Yeah, that really caught my attention. That's just, I haven't seen anything like that. No. At all. It, the amount of work that must have gone in to make that happen was just amazing. I've seen it bits and bobs here on, on titles, for instance, where, where you might get a, the, an episode for a title pop-up, like a street yeah. sign. Seen tiny amounts of it but this it's saturated yeah it, it's 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 a graphic marvel it, it it's it it's the closest to a comic coming to life 
cool as you can get really i suppose it's all live action animation mm. uh, live action and with effects of course but it's it the story's good the acting's good the characters are good it's visually beautiful and i'm really enjoying it <laughs> yeah, that's a bit, yeah yeah i sat down this afternoon because i was just not doing anything else and yes i just thought well i'm just um, i hadn't finished watching the what if series so i watched three episodes of that to finish that off um which i enjoy i really enjoyed particularly the last one i don't um, know that yeah it's 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 animation ah. so it's basically things it's like exploring what other options, if yeah different kind of parts of the multiverse so i think the first one is what if it's peggy carter that gets the serum super soldier serum and not steve rogers um so you get kind of captain carter ah do, do we know the what if marvel series on no nick, nick, nick's gonna know no. yeah it's 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 there were a couple that were kind of like uh, yeah i can't and, and that, i think that's possibly why i stopped watching it hmm. and my kids decided they didn't want to watch it either they gave up after a few um but i kind of finished it off and the, the last couple are really really good yeah but then i kind of i was like yeah i'm still too hot i'm just gonna <laughs> see what comes and miss marvel was the next thing that was suggesting yeah. yeah it's it's it is good i mean as far as marvel goes i've i've seen the marvel film <laughs> <laughs> all 1500 of them. I'd, it, it all <laughs> blurs to me it's i i can't yeah i couldn't tell you same as harry potter i've seen three four i've seen i don't know i've seen four of the 18 <laughs> harry potter films <laughs> and harry potter's in them so that's that's me i think they're all brilliant but i can't differentiate one from another unfortunately it's <laughs> entirely fair <laughs> yes i Mar marvel is definitely um I'm have, I have enough trouble with with Star Wars to be honest. Obviously, I went to see Star Wars when it came out with my dad at, at Woolwich, and it was fantastic. And I'm I'm very much into the Star Wars thing. And we've watched the Mandalorian, and we've just watched Obi Wan, and uh, seen the films. Obviously, I can I can kind of get a grip on that, apart from when it went a bit wobbly with midi chlorians and what have you. Yeah. But Marvel, I've uh, Blair. I've, it's all, it's all very clever and enjoy it for what it is that's it. yes yes exactly yes yeah yeah and, you know nobody drinks stella because it's a quality beer do they <laughs> 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 this is abbott by the way abbott yeah. ale i like ale. i can't drink yeah. fizzy beer. Nice point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in fact so is that your list is that your list done oh yeah yeah so over to you, I guess. Yeah, Jamie, yeah. sir. Jamie. Well, I, in in the, the theme of watching stuff, I, I finally managed to catch the last episode of The Boys recently. So that's, that was nice to uh, have finally caught up with that, to be able to have a chat with uh, Duncan and Simon without them um, trying to bite their tongue and not spoil it. It's um, gone over my head. I don't know that one either. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's sort of the... Yeah, it's like the the antithesis of the Marvel stuff because it's it's kind of what would happen. Um, if if they actually happened in a sort of a real world scenario, so oh. it's 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 very gruesome. It's very much dealing with collateral damage, and 
them as flawed human beings that are superpowered individuals. So there's a lot of very gratuitous sex and violence and the 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 first scene um at the very 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 fast running you know it, it, there's a lot of parallels to marvel and dc so there's a guy who's like the equivalent of the flash he's uh amped up on drugs and happens to run through the main character's girlfriend hmm. so the the kind of the main scene within the first couple of minutes of the very first episode is is him holding hands with her as she stood in the street and then all of a sudden being covered in the blood and guts as this super fast individual runs through her and uh he's then just holding a pair of hands that are sheared off at the wrists um you know so it's very much that kind of that that sets the tone for yeah, everything else yeah. there's, there's lots of horrific depraved parts of uh you know human existence so not one for the kids then <laughs> definitely not no um but it, it's it. a very very interesting story arc because it deals with a lot of things you know like uh you know power and influence and, and you know that kind of thing so finally yeah. finished off they've just finished the third season so finished that and um my wife and i've been you know dutifully educating our daughter in uh star trek universe so we're, we're, we're nerds anyway so we're trekkies but she she really got into lower decks which is a sort of an animated uh series that's canon and uh, deals with uh, there's a lot of overlap to things like deep space nine and voyager and next gen and things which mm -hmm. were kind of the the era that my wife and i enjoyed i've heard of those yeah <laughs> yeah so we, we uh we, we sort of put her through a little bit of ds9 a little bit of enterprise and next generation and we started you know kind of while eating our evening meal we started putting episodes of voyager on hmm. so she's uh she's quite enjoying those um, we've, so. we've watched uh, picard of, of late i enjoyed that I mean, nick's a trekkie definitely a trekkie from yeah, chat yeah. days she, i can't she, whoops, sorry sorry microphone she said something what was that though a trick or what Oh, she's a trekker, not a trekkie. <laughs> 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 yeah, so she you yeah, get that one wrong. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, Don't she's mate. <laughs> she's definitely. A, a, she likes Firefly as well, as you know, Firefly. Uh, of course, yeah, yes. very much so. Nathan, fill him up, Fillion, Fillion. <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> well, I like him in the Rookie. I think that's that's cool. Be watching that as well. That's good fun. Yeah, yeah. So I. I, I do like drop of sci-fi. I got taken to see 2001 A Space Odyssey when I was in primary school. We went as a class. Oh, wow. Uh, Mrs. Hunt oh, clearly yeah. wanted to melt us. <laughs> <laughs> so so that I, that's why I saw Star Trek as a school trip. Did you? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. The film, film. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh. Sorry, Star Wars. I always get it wrong. wrong. Yeah, the, the, Andy yeah, doesn't the, differentiate between star-based sci-fi. Yeah, Captain Skywalker uh, of the starship USS Nabooga or whatever it's called. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, USS Stargate or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's the one I've seen. That yeah. with his Vulcan <laughs> friend Chewbacca. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that, that was a school trip seeing yeah, wow. Star Wars. Yeah, cinema wow. when it came out. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. First ever trip to the cinema. That was for me. 
well, it's really hard to point, isn't it? When you can't, there's you can see what's lurking in the, the corner of the screen here, can't yeah, you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you can see that little TARDIS. Yeah, that, again, that's Nick. She's a huge Doctor Who fan from uh, David Tenninch on, I think. <laughs> before, yeah, before, my, before. my yeah, we're, we're Whovian. Well, yeah, say we. Yeah, she, me, me and my youngest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, me too. I what. I obviously watched it when it was really scary in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had mine on the sofa. Yeah, Tom yeah. Baker and Jim Pert. We, yeah, yeah, I loved it. And yes, I'm, I'm with it. We're looking forward to what's coming next because very much. The last series was. Um... We're looking forward to the next one. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're very much looking forward to what happens next. Yeah, yeah. I think Jodie Whittaker was let down. Um, yeah, Russell T. Davis. He's glad he's back. Yes. yes, get it back on track again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so looking looking forward to that that very much. Yeah. And I, I miss the days, in fact, when you could um have your Weetabix and then cut the Daleks out the back of the packet, fold the tabs back and, <laughs> and, and play a scene on the breakfast table. <laughs> in fact, on the Star Trek front, I, there there was, I do remember, uh USSS an enterprise cut out on the back of a cereal packet all those years ago that you yeah. can make a model and the klingon ship as well i remember making that yeah that's yeah remember those yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they were well, candy i'm sure there's something must have grabbed your attention since then <laughs> since your, your um, well, i've been was. yeah i've been uh, carrying on with exam marking this week uh that will finish this next week. I've got of my contracted ones. If I had my contract extended to Mark Moore uh, this last week, which is good. The percentage is uh, up then, is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm now I'm at 190 percent of my oh, original yeah. contract because that shows up as 190 percent. Um, so that finishes. Not, not maths, then, obviously. Yeah, the initial contract finishes uh, Tuesday, but then the free pool opens up and so i should be staying up late on tuesday night because it opens up at midnight because there are some questions that i can mark 30 or 40 a minute because literally wow. you're looking for you're looking for one number and there's no alternative so you just can the speed at which i can mark is controlled purely by the yes. speed at which the internet and the web page refreshes yes dear children so, what is the meaning of life the universe and everything yeah ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's anyway. too, yeah um <laughs> So that, but I've, but I've also been setting up, uh, I'm in the process of setting up the tutoring business. And mm -hmm. this week I signed off, I, I acquired a new phone number, so basically a SIM for an old phone. Um, I have signed off this week for some advertising that's going to go into a, a, a kind of delivered by Royal Mail village directory type thing, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, glossy magazine a five magazine so i'm gonna be in there it's only a little advert it's a 16th of a page yeah but it's all i can afford um so that's that was kind of kind of a little bit daunting kind of like oh what am i gonna put to make sure yeah and, uh, i didn't have to i didn't have to do the artwork i just i supplied a, a, a logo and i supplied the information i wanted on there and the uh the lady who organizes it so I put it all together and it doesn't look like it looks rather good to be honest fantastic um, so that'll go out on the 1st of August. So I've got till the 1st of August to get my web page that I've listed. <laughs> <You are> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah. 
that, to get that yeah. beyond to get it beyond kind of under construction because that's basically got physics mad and uh, a little kind of tagline and then under construction oh brilliant is that, so i've got to do that go they come yeah. to you or do you go to them how's that uh online i'm unless oh, unless they're within walking distance i'm doing online mm. i'm not driving um because mm. of our dog i'm not having to tidy up either to kind of have people mm. come here so yes. yeah it's online i can i can do it effectively I, it, yeah I've got electronic resources and mm. yeah doesn't make much difference whether it's face to face but i've possibly no. got another, i've possibly got a face to face in the village um from september um so uh, yeah i've got to think about there's a few things to kind of iron out in terms of what i'm going to offer so i'm mostly going to do physics and maths yeah if people really want biology and chemistry i might but i i, I, I prefer physics and maths yeah. um so that's plan for that well, that's your tagline for your website yeah. physics math yeah. yeah not doing biology and chemistry <laughs> yeah, I think I think the tagline is something like uh, "Yeah, making uh, physics accessible" or "making physics simplified." You know, that simplifying physics—that's the kind of current tagline. Um, and apart from that, I, yeah, I, yesterday I signed up for uh, my birthday two years ago. My wife gave me a voucher. I, I used the word voucher loosely. It's not like a physical voucher. Basically, a voucher to do a, a bookbinding workshop with my bookbinding tutor that I previously learned the bookbinder with. And I, I've had various, obviously, we got hit by human malware, so it kind of didn't happen then. And um, yeah, we couldn't do it. And it, obviously, that carried on for most of last year. So I've, I've had a couple of chats with the tutor kind of this year um, about kind of yeah, what we might do and where we might do it. But then I noticed that she's been running kind of workshops as well and i noticed that she'd reduced the normal price of a workshop happening on saturday next week and then on the 13th of august um so i can get two days for the price of doing one workshop at home and it's kind of which the tutor's happy about because it fills the space i get to do two different books rather than maybe i probably could have done two you know because we were talking about maybe yeah she would come here and um but it's just like no i fill the space there yes it means i've got to drive up to faversham um but i can i can that's doable yeah and yeah i can have just a, a nice day there'll be some other people there as well and like-minded people so it'll be a yeah yeah a day, nice. out, yeah. day out and i've got two days instead of one yeah win-win so, basically yeah uh, and she fills the places which yeah, it looks better for her and etc. So I've made, a, I've made a couple of books. It's it's a very satisfying I, I, process. Yeah, it's very satisfying. I'm not I'm not doing enough, but hopefully once I get this marking out of the way and as I mentioned earlier, decoration of a uh, bedroom out of the way, then hopefully I can start working on getting the conservatory sorted from homeschool dumping ground to craft room conservatory, and then I can kind of. Get these stuff set up because that's mm -hmm. one of the problems I face. I have, if I want to do something, I've then got to pack it away for lunch or pack it away for dinner. And... Yeah. yeah, this whilst you can't see it because I've I've directed the camera into the corner of the lounge. It's it's uh, a <laughs> there's a mountain of of sheep product to my right. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a spinning wheel on my left here, just packed away. 
uh, she uses an electric wheel at the moment, which is really, really small, compact. Mm. There's, there's a mountain of, of fluff. I've reached, reached today's efforts. I don't know how well this will translate on camera, but that's a, a oh, skein of yarn called granite. It's lovely. Yeah, it's a nice color, that. Oh, it's called, hang on, I've got the name wrong. I was called Fable. Thank you, Puddin. Uh, yeah, um, it's lovely. It still smells a bit sheepy as well, which I like enormously. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. So where can, where can people find you, Kelly? If people want to find your work, find what you do, where are some of the places they can find you? Um, I'm on uh, Instagram, probably the Gentleman Maker on Instagram. Um, there, there's also YouTube. I'm not sure. I can't remember if I'm the gentleman maker or gentleman maker because there is a gentleman maker or a the gentleman maker already. I think. Well, I have. <laughs> I've already, I've already listed that in the show notes. I think it's yes. gentleman maker. Quite, yes, that might be. YouTube. I think YouTube's the exception, and I'm the. Oh, gentleman I would encourage maker. people because when I checked earlier when I was putting the thing together, you're at 95 subscribers. So Goodness it'd be really me. cool if a few people could sign up, and then you'd be at 100, and then you could get a custom yeah. URL. Ah. Go on, everyone, sign up. Oh, there's yeah. only three people listening. Probably <laughs> <laughs> more. Yeah, more when it's out on the audio. I've, I keep yeah, promising you are you are the on YouTube and not the on Instagram. Ah, ah that's yeah. that's it. But I video is difficult. I mean, every project I I do, if I set the camera up to record it, I get too engrossed in what I'm doing and I forget. So I, I've got yeah, lots of things in video. Yeah. <laughs> You get the beginning, and then the, cap, the the SD card fills up, or the battery runs out, and yes, yes, and it, it's so compact in the shed, and one wall is largely window, so getting a decent angle with lighting and what have you, it's quite difficult. So again, they're not the best quality. But having said that, the the bottle cap resin table I did a number of years ago that's had over five thousand views, which astonishes me. Absolutely astonishes me that five thousand people have decided to watch that. Yeah. Um, Nick Nick's son was at work the other day, and one of his colleagues was was watching YouTube on his phone. Going, "Yeah, look at look at this! Look at this bloke's making a table out of bottle caps." I wonder how many went into that. And Nick's son told him exactly how many. Well, how do you know that? That's my mum's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's a kitchen table. Still use it every day. It's perfectly good, made out of an old door. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And there's also an, uh, an occasional podcast as well, I believe. Very, very occasional, yes. I know the last one I, I did, I did as a a, a vlog on on the, the tubes. Um, yes, I've been a bit slack there, haven't I? Um, <laughs> I I do it for my own amusement, purely, and just to hear my own voice. <laughs> Not for anyone else. Thoughts of the Tinkeridge, yeah. It's fun to do, isn't it? That yeah. it was made a little bit harder. I used to record it on on my iPhone and then plug it in and rip the audio off. And but now my iPhone, the iPhone's way too new. Um, my Mac is from 2012, and whilst it still works perfectly well in everything I want it to do, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it won't talk to a product out of the same stable. It's like your mm. your oldest child refuses to speak to your youngest child. You know, it's it's like that. Um, despite the fact they're both humans and therefore compatible. but So I have to record it 
now sat in the kitchen at the desk record it on the mac i've got a nice little tiny little mixer here which i'm using tonight with the microphone this microphone plugged into that um but i just have to sit down and do it and i haven't bothered to so. say <laughs> i don't feel guilty about it either <laughs> no, sorry well, everyone that's all right the, the link will be in the uh, the show notes anyway thank if you, you want to turn and have a listen to yeah and it, it's definitely a shed cast uh, as opposed to a podcast because i started off doing it in the shed when i could and technology now won't allow me to so. <laughs> never mind uh, hopefully you find a way yeah i can see the shed from where i'm sat in the kitchen so you know that's, that's close enough yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely fine yeah. right i think on that note i think we'll say uh we'll say goodbye to folks and uh yeah we'll, and kelly it's been a pleasure thank you very much for joining yeah, us thank you jamie and jamie i'm sorry i didn't speak to you at maker central it was just we, i think we both had the intention to and just missed each other on the rounds overwhelming and there's so many bearded men to talk to as well <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah yeah, and yeah some of the girls, a, a lot of people didn't speak to a lot of people they wanted to just because yeah. it was so there was so much time and, going on yeah yeah there's a lot it, going on mind-blowing especially being recognized by uh, people walking past going, oh you're the gentleman maker what am i oh yes <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah hello yeah i had it on my t-shirt but <laughs> that must have made a difference yeah <laughs> yes well, yeah <laughs> Well, it's been jolly pleasant. Um, a lovely yeah. waffle. Yes. Lovely waffle. Right. We shall say goodbye to the audience. So, Indeed. bye, folks. Good night, folks.